love music, live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Jerry McCabe on Rock Sport Radio. And welcome to Thursday's Talking Football. You can listen to the show on DAB Digital Radio online at rocksportradio.co.uk via your smartphone using the TuneIn and the Radiogram app. And you can also do that using uh, your smart speaker. Uh, You can watch us live as we stream live video. That's on Facebook, on Twitter and on Periscope. Being a Thursday, Jerry McCabe in with me. I know you'd rather be at home watching the game than in here watching it, but... Uh, you are keeping an eye on the Celtic game for us. Just before we start and you give us a wee rundown on how things are looking, let me ask you what you think of the Celtic lineup is first. Uh, Foster, El Hamid, Ayer, Julian, Bolongoli, uh, Brown, McGregor, Forrest, Christie, El no, I can never say that boy's name, El Yunusi. El Yunusi. Uh, yeah. Edward, uh, that's how they're lining up. On the uh, bench, he's got Gordon, Bio, Bauer, Hayes, Morgan, Rogic, and Cham. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking, but uh, you're looking. You've only got the buyer who's a defender, really, isn't he? You know, well, Hayes would, I suppose. Well, Hayes, yeah. You know, I'm not back, but I'm saying, boy, a natural defender. Uh, they'll just be, you know, when you're looking at Ayer, they'll, they'll play the back four of uh, El Hamid. Then it'll be Ayer, Julian, and Bolingoli, obviously. Brown and McGregor. They'll be sit, two sitting midfield players. Forrest on the right, Christy Central, and. El Yunusi, as they say, on the left-hand side. I think that's the way the line-up uh, built. And obviously Edward up front. Roger and Cham, you know, the guys like and Cham who can come on if Celtic are still in the game and, uh, uh, you know, whether if it's tight, you know, he's one, he's one that can come on, you can create, but he can also keep a hold of the ball. Yeah. You know, and maybe just put his foot in the ball and take the pace out of the game if he has to. Morgan, you know, the boy's been in, in and out, you know, and he's, he's getting good experience whether he's starting the game or not, you know, obviously in Europe. Hayes is a bit, uh, you know, the campaigner, you know, he good experience. Bio, we've still not seen the best of this guy yet, but it's just, uh, I think that the, the starting 11 is about the, probably the best 11 that he could have started with. Jerry, we uh, spoke about we spoke about Bio coming on at the weekend, and of course uh, he's in the, the, the squad, Lee Griffiths isn't it in the squad, Lee Griffiths yeah. doesn't seem to be doing much, I know he's injured just now, but do you think he, he, do you think he figures long term for Neil Lennon? Well, I don't know, uh, honestly you know, when he's had an opportunity I thought he'd have threw uh, Griffiths on at times and he seems to be wanting to give the boy Bayo a chance whether he, I, I know with the Scotland setup I said uh, when he was left out the Scotland setup maybe she took him and just gave him that wee lift I don't know what the conversations again are with obviously Neil and Griffiths but I mean he's a pl- top player goal scorer he's came you know from where he was this time last year he's He's came a long way, and I just hope he gets the opportunity again. Because Celtic need a goal scorer, right? you know, mm. and he's a match winner. That's what it is, Bill. Okay, what's it looking like? I mean, you've you've only just the game's yeah, just kicked just... off. You've not had a much chance to make a judgment on it. The one bit that I did see uh, early on is this team seemed to be able to change the direction of the game very quickly and very effectively. Yeah, well, they've just been Celtic. You know, as soon as they get the ball, Celtic are surrounding them. They're pressing the, the ball where they're trying to settle them into. Letting this team settle into any sort of a pattern or any get any momentum going, but it's just been a, it's a bit scrappy actually just now. You know, for the few throw-ins, but Celtic are surrounding the ball as soon as it's played into one of their players. So, and I think that's what that's uh, I'll be the partner of the game for Celtic. I think they'll just say, look, don't lose a goal early. Just try, you know, 
we go and press the game and we try and make them into making mistakes and don't get them let them be comfortable on the ball because you know they're, they're a top side and the, the longer that Celtic can keep them nil-nil the more frustrated they'll become because yeah. in this competition Jerry, I was saying this to you and earlier on we were talking uh, about the Rangers game which we'll speak about later because we're, we're focused on Celtic at the minute but I think the same application is there it's with home games you need to take points in your home games you need to try yeah. and win them yeah. and see what you can get on, on the road uh, Celtic will want to frustrate them because the longer they do that the more desperate they'll become to try and s- snatch a goal and get all three points because they're at home and that opens the door for Celtic Yeah, you're right you know, when you go away from home you're just hoping you get a point and you, you would take that gladly and I, I would be happy if Celtic get a point out of this today. That would be a good result It'd be a great result You know, a great result then they'll still get the home games you know, and obviously the crowd at Parkhead but they'll be feeling the same where they are tonight they're, they're wanting the crowd right to get right behind them and they're saying they're a good outfit, but I, I think Celtic will not just sit back and let them attack. I think Celtic's going to try and, you know, stop their main players and press the ball and, and they say, not let them get any momentum going. They're, they're apparently, and we had someone on last night talking to us about it, Rich Allen, who's uh, well-versed in French football, a uh, bit of an expert on it, and Rich was saying that they're very good on the break, Ren. Now, traditionally, in the last couple of years, Jerry, that's caused problems for Celtic because yeah. they like to play so high up the park with the back line and it has caused them problems they're the teams that have taken points and, and, and kind of caused them the real issues the teams that break quickly yeah well this will be a test of a Celtic tonight I'd like to see maybe if Julian's getting tested tonight uh, how, how quick is he I don't know if he's the quickest I've not really seen him opening up uh, he's started the season well I know he's had one or two wee injuries but he's played various positions but again he's getting more experience he's got you're more experienced probably in this, uh, this level than Julian and I don't think yeah. he's been involved much ball and goalie another one you know he's come in for a lot of stick when he his early part of his career at Celtic you know but he's one of these players I think he's an enthusiastic guy he's got a bit of pace and I think this guy will get better I hope, hopefully he does get better but I think the Celtic fans are beginning to warm to him a wee bit because it's always difficult coming I thought know. he had a great game at the weekend against Hamilton a couple of wee you know stutters and stammers but I thought he looked very good against Hamilton I thought he looked better than Julian yeah well he's the type of player he likes to go and for he likes to go and get involved but he's got to remember first and foremost he's a defender, he's, defender. he's got to do, you know remember he's defensive <laughs> do the, work, the bread and butter stuff that's all right going forward and get involved and getting crosses into the box great you know but the other side as I say is if you get punished uh, the other side and it comes from your area then you've got to think wait a minute first mm. and foremost and I think Neil Lennon knows that I think he's he'll be working on the guy that, that side of it I think he's, right now he's a modern day fullback, isn't he uh, so Celtic look okay they now you know they've had a good cross in the box and one is just uh, an attempt but nothing came from it but I, I see them they're running but they've won the ball back they're really pressing uh, Renz here they're really getting oh they're unlucky trying to get the ball through I think it was McGregor uh, as I said if you let these teams play and settle into their game they can mm-hmm. give you big problems it can yeah. be a long night for you but right now you know Celtic look as if their game plan is go and press them press the ball don't let them get you've got to be it. you've got to be in the early stages a disruptor you yeah. can't let them settle you can't let them get into their game because the more you press them the quicker they're going to have to play the ball and the, I mean, the one thing we do know about continental teams is that they like time on the ball Oh, well, as I always say, they're only as good as you allow them to be. And if you don't go and press it, you know, <laughs> these guys will spray the ball about, they'll pop the ball round about you, you know, they'll run off you. As I say, but 
I mean, it's a different game for them, a different game for, you know, it's a different ball game for a, a player when you're going pressing and you know, not, allowed, not, not allowing, especially the, the talented players, the guys that can pass the ball, that can, can spray the ball about. But when you put them under a bit of pressure, then it's up to them uh, if they can handle that, if they can deal with that. And if they can deal with that, then you've got a problem. But as I say, the big boy up front, I think it's, is it Nyang? Yeah. Uh, I think he's the boy, yeah. he's the boy that's uh, a bit of a handful. Yeah, they were talking about a few of the players here. That, is know, it Somalia he plays for or somebody like is that, that is internationally? Somalia? Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard the boy's name mentioned before. Uh, I'm going to be honest, uh, Traore, what one was that? That wasn't the one that was at. Traore? I don't know if it is. Remember the boy who was at Liverpool? Yeah, Liverpool. Yeah. Long, did he, but didn't he know? Well, uh, there's, there's quite a few on the go. Yeah. Quite a few Tories. He's into the, the silver. The no, original Tory had a bit of a bite. He's Brazilian. Well, they have attacking the ball in. Oh, oh, a chance there for Renz. The guy get, gets to the by the byline. Uh, this shows Grenier, you. This gets the byline. The boy's header just off target. This shows well, you if you let them play, they will they will yeah. cause you trouble. Well, I'm just looking. Who's at the fullback? It's not get back in. It's, uh, yeah, it was El Hamid. He's been caught. The boys run off in behind him, and he's got a header. And he's tried to direct it across, back across from where it came from into the opposite corner of the net. And it's, uh, it's just a few yards wide. Any shocks in that team from from Neil Lennon tonight for you, Jerry? No, I think he's been looking to bring this boy Elenuzi on. You know, when he got his opportunity against Hamilton, and he's came with a good reputation from Southampton. So I think he's this is a stage. I mean, he's been his player, and he's played. He's played in Europe, anyway, yeah. You know. So I think I don't. I know. I wouldn't say if there was any changes at all. Would he have? No, I, I can't see MDLs getting dropped here either from Cham or Roger. I don't they've, see they've anybody. I don't see anybody sitting in the bench that I would have put before anybody yeah, that's playing. Yeah. Well, probably. Rogic, if he's a fully fit Rogic, would you have put Rogic into the team? I, I don't know. I don't uh, think I would have. I think I'd have started with this team. Use uh, Rogic later on if you have to. Although, again, he's been out a long time and I have to say when he came on against Hamilton, I thought he looked a wee bit, you know, rusty. I think he's that type of player, but I think he needs a few games to go up to speed. Yeah. I think when he misses training and he, or he's been out for a lengthy time with injury, he's, it takes him longer to get up to speed. He's not the most mobile. Great in the ball, scored goals. But I think Celtic went with guys that who, are, that, who are going to press, who are much much fitter than Rodrigo right now. I'll, and Cham's the other one, you know, who you, you he could have been in the team because it's his type of football. Yeah. Playing in Europe, that's, yeah. that's what he loves, that type of football. But it's good that they've got them on the bench anyway. Listen, I was going to tell you something. I don't know if you knew this or whether you were in with us when we, we found this out. About you Remember we kept saying, why does Rogic not play... 90 minutes, is it always 60, 70 minutes? And then he gets the hook. Apparently, until he went professional, he'd never played 11 aside football. Is that right? Well, so we were told on the programme one night by someone who knows. Oh, well, you may be. I, 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 couldn't, uh, I couldn't. Until he went pro, he had never played 11 aside football. Oh, there you go. Oh. Which might explain why he's got the legs for the 60, 65, 70 minutes. Well, but you think the, the the length of time he's been at Celtic that he'd be up to speed by now with the amount of pre-season he's mm. had. I heard another, I don't know, but I don't want to start rumours, but he had a bit of problems. His hamstrings weren't stretching, you know, they, after an hour they, they, they get overstretched. Whether that's true or no, but surely, you know, in this day and age, you know, the, the sort of uh, 
treatment, the training you get, the physios, the sports science and everything are all geared, you know, to getting these guys in top top shape. And I, I don't know if that was just, I don't know, I was, uh, when I heard that, I'm saying, well, there is something here because he is always substituted after the other mm. marks. You know, he very seldom plays 90 minutes, which... I would feel it was a problem. I think it was about you saying, well... But that's the same with when he plays internationally as well. Yeah, he came through a, a, like a reality TV show for football. Really? Oh, wow. uh, and uh, it was like 700-odd people went for it. And 75,000, sorry, people uh, went for it. And I think it, they whittled it down to, what was it, 70 or something, Ewan? Se- just seven. Uh, and he got he got through, um, but he'd never played eleven aside football until he went pro. Well, it is well over that. Uh, you don't know what's going over that that country. Who did we have? We had uh, uh, back to it. Played for us at Dunfermline, mm. and he only played beach football and five aside. And you could see when he first came, he didn't know the game. He, he struggled even under twenty one yeah. reserves. But what a talent! Good talent. Then we'd left and fell out back a year later and I watched him. I says he really learnt the game because he speaks good English as well and mm-hmm. wanted to do well. Talented boy. But first when he first came, you know, it was, it was so difficult for him. Whether that's where the, the area where uh, Roger came from, that's where they play. But you'd I think he'd have been involved in loving a side, you know. No, we were about. told he wasn't. <coughs> what, what, was it, what, was it, what was it he was playing on? Was it sevens, Ewan? Or, or fives or something? Some night football academy or something. Ah, yeah. But you you look at me and there's a question. Listen, saying, sixty minutes of Rogic, if you get a good yeah. sixty minutes from, can change a game for you. Well, and was it last year? Year before they scored the one. Oh, year before they scored the one in the league, uh, the Scottish Cup final. Yeah. Last minutes. I'm trying to think. Did they start the game? Matt? Don't think he did. Don't think he did. I think he came on as a well, sub. You've been looking at yourself, you're saying, and you know, you're going to keep asking the same questions, and everybody's been asking these questions about Roger. <laughs> Why does he not play 90 minutes? <laughs> you know? I, I remember Andy Tomlin at Celtic, and he was another one. After an hour, he would he would want substituted. Oh, I've done my wee bit, take me off now. I remember he scored two against Aberdeen, I'm sure it was. And after an hour, you're saying he's going for the hat trick. Mm. The hand goes up. <laughs> Time to come off. <laughs> Maybe, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know. But what, you, you would think you know the talent he's got, and we want to be involved in the game, the full game. I mean, what's it looking like? How, how Celtic? Still do? nothing happened. You know, there's it's very few. Twenty chances. minutes now. Yeah. Well, Neil Lennon will be happy with you know the start that Celtic have had. As I say, they've, they've created very little. Just the one at the byline there, and the header over the bar, or at the side of the goal. But uh, Celtic are up in, the, up in the game. They're not just sitting back and saying, right, come on, yeah, let's see what you've got. You know, they're, they're going and pressing. But as you say, there, there's just a great ball from the right the right back. I think it was the right back, the right man switched it to the left. But Celtic have won the ball back. McGregor's working hard in the middle of the park. He's looking for the ball again. There's guys like this, you need them on the ball. Keeping the ball when they've got the ball. Don't just try and give it. If you give it away cheaply, then you will get punished and they end up. Mm. <coughs> but he's done great there, McGregor. He's brought the ball out for defence. Played it wide, balling goalie Celtic are just midway in their half. Uh, they've won it back. What's what's your your thoughts on the uh, the dismissal of Gary Caldwell from uh, Partick Thistle? It's not one that I, su- I was surprised. Well, I actually thought that was an ill-fated appointment from day one because I thought the wrong people were involved in making the appointment. If I'm truthful, and I said that at the time, Jerry. Yeah. And they've changed. The, they've changed. Obviously, new board have come in. So obviously, they weren't happy with Gary, and they've not the best, uh, you know, results. Mm. 
the struggle from last year, then this year, did you think they were were going to be up there? Uh, I think the draw on Saturday, maybe that was a uh, oh Celtic ball right across. Two Celtic players missed it. What a great chance to score there! I think it was ball and goal. He put the ball across. I'm sure it was. You'll be a better phone here, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> it's as bad as mine's. Uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's, I thought maybe if we didn't uh, hit the ground run, <coughs> hit the ground run in this season, he could have been in. Uh, Can I have a wee drink or something? I've got my I've got my juice here, uh, so I don't I don't think he was a fan's favourite. No, no, and and to be fair, Jerry, from day one, there were lots of allegations about conflict with players. Some of them bordering on allegedly physical altercations yeah. with players. A lot of other players went. Uh, and they seemed to go willingly. That was a strange thing. They'd been at Thistle for a while. Oh. Sorry. What Edward, what a run. Amazing run, Edward. And he's going to get booked for diving in the box. And did he, he dive? About three. He's been down. So I, I, would need, I need to see it again. But he's booking him for diving. He's not happy about it. Edward Sorry, doesn't. Edward's not happy. I wouldn't, a great run. I wouldn't protest too much if you've just been booked for diving. Well, that's it. He's just he's just sort of waved it back to the referee. You're wrong. So he's beat one. He's beat two. Great wee turn there. Then he's put it through the guy's legs. Well, right, I'll tell you right now, what a wee nutmeg just in the inside the box. Yeah, he's been he's he's been down. Has he? He's dived. I don't know if he's he's been a wee minimal touch, minimal been, contact. Great ball, ball and goalie. That was the one that was telling you earlier. Oh, Edward jumps over. I think it's Christie. He's just. Oh. Was the Edward one a yellow card then, in your yeah. your opinion? Yeah, if he's dived, it's a yellow card. Uh, I'm just looking, who was that to come into the back there? It's unlucky. It's unlucky, Selling okay. always scored there. But hey, right. yeah, yeah, I think he's been down a bit easy. So I'll tell All you right. who it was. It was Ellen who just came in there. It was unlucky. All right. Was it just, just going back to the Thistle situation, Gary yeah. Caldwell, obviously they're looking for a new manager. I was saying yesterday, I had it from a fairly good source, actually a very good source, uh, that Danny Lennon seemed to be their head target. You and you and both think Ian McCall uh, is in with a good shout as well. As always, Jim Duffy's name comes Jeff up. Comes in, yeah. uh, Duff always uh, associated there. Um, but I'm just wondering... Uh, about the, the, you know, the preferred option for you would it be Ian McCall or would it be Danny Lennon? I don't know. Uh, he's been there before, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Uh, so, yeah, is, yeah. so is Danny. And Danny's been there. Danny's doing well. He's got Clyde up from last season. Uh, good result on Saturday. I think it was 6 1 to win. Yeah, uh, good Willie scoring five. Yeah, good Willie. Yeah, he's too good for that league, if I'll be honest. Well, he might end up in the championship possibly yeah, well, if yeah, Danny goes well, to Farewell. Look, I'm not surprised they're looking at Danny uh, or McCall, but they'll be the usual, su- uh, usual suspects. I think uh, Jim McIntyre, guys like that, will be... He was mentioned up. as well. He was mentioned, but I think he's an outsider. Danny seems to be the, the red-hot favourite, although the press are saying that Ian McCall's red-hot favourite. But as I say, I had it from a very, very good source yesterday that it was uh, it was Danny that was the preferred candidate. Look, I think before they've sacked... Uh, Gary Caldwell, they've got two or three managers in line that they've already sort of aligned up for this job. Mm. Um, that's the way it works now. Uh, they've always very, very few uh, clubs sack managers without MD in mind, unless it's the end of the season where they've got time to, you know, look through applications or that. I think they'll have two or three in their mind and there'll be one, there'll be 
<laughs> right, here's me dropping you in it again because right. I did it with Clyde Bank. Yeah. You're a man that was at Clyde. Yeah, loved the club. Uh, yeah. With Mr. Brown. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you, would you be interested in the Clyde job if yeah. Danny moved on? Yeah, I'm not going to rule anything out. You know, as I say, uh, the Clyde Bank one, things like that, I say, is I hadn't really the time. I actually went for the Clyde job at one time. Uh, uh, Graham Roberts got it after that. Uh, and it put me off a wee bit, you know, because I thought I had a good chance at the time. But, yeah, look, I'm never going to say never. You know, I, I do want to get back into the game. And, but right now they've got a manager. Big decision, though, if you were, if Danny did go to Fir Hill and you got the Clyde job, say, big decision. What do you do? Do you switch training to Monday and Wednesday so you can do your Thursday? Mm. Or do you ask me if you can change your night? Well, wait to see what that happens. What do you do? That's that's the big question. <laughs> <laughs> everything well, else just Tuesday, ways. everything else, everything else is immaterial bring the boys in the Friday night <laughs> everything else is immaterial Tuesday and Friday for training I just need to know are you changing your nights for training so you can be in on a Thursday or do you ask me if you can change your uh, night well, for coming in right here? now it's all hypothetical because Danny Lane's <laughs> Danny the manager of Clyde so yeah, but no, it'd maybe go to Air United if <laughs> uh, McCall get there. Ah, you're determined to sneak in there at Clyde, aren't you? Uh, you're just determined. Oh, it's a good club. I love the club. You know, I've always kept in touch with them. I, actually, there's two spells I, I worked under John Clark as well. Yeah, you did. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. two spells. Weren't you there? Weren't you along there at some point recently? Yeah, we're away at the, I think it was the 40th year anniversary we won the league. And yeah, I was invited. I met all the old players that was there, the, the guys that we won the league with. Uh, in fact, I've been invited along, along with my my friend Jim Boyd, who played there. We invited along again. He was aware about three weeks ago, and he just done the half time drawing things like that. So the vast of tourists to come along. I says, well, next time I'm free on a Saturday, I'll I'll make sure. Jerry Clyde, a, a great club with great tradition, yeah. and, and really should be higher up in Scottish football than they are and I don't mean that in a bad way that you know Danny's doing a good job but Clyde really should be at least a championship team yeah they've got a great band of supporters you know uh, the, the problem I felt is when they moved to Cumbernauld and they, they they done it for the right reason for it within the club but a lot of the older fans who came from Rutherglen and East Kilbride and, uh, did they, they miss a, did they miss a trick then not going to East Kilbride because it was spoken about yeah. at one point yeah uh, and have they have they allowed East Kilbride now to get a kind of stranglehold there possibly now that they've got uh, you know they've got a sort of a support now that they have uh, captured up there in the uh, East Kilbride area would they change their uh, allegiances to Clyde I don't think so but then again a lot of Clyde fans come from Rutherglen who would certainly, you know, would be just up the road for them. I know James Keane was involved in trying to bring maybe Clyde to East Kilbride at one time, and he's got another stadium getting built, so there is another stadium going up there. Uh, I, I just felt the older fans at Clyde were, were a bit lost, and, well, Clyde actually lost these fans because of you know, the travel to Cumbernauld, because it was, I think it was difficult for them to get there at the time, whereas... When they were based in Rutherglen, the Rutherglen. It's not just days. that. There's this. I know this sounds daft, but it's true. There is this kind of fixation if you cross the the river. 
you know what I mean? Aye, aye I know, I know. <laughs> Where it kind of geographically, people think, oh, that's not a club anymore. That doesn't make a, sense. Miles away. You know, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, they've crossed the river. And we've got to, you know, oh no, that's, that's, I can't get on with that at all. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know yeah. it sounds daft, but I've heard people talking about it. I, I know what you're saying, you know, they think, oh, well, it's the other side of the... It's like, it's like when Wimbledon yeah. went to Milton Keynes. Yeah, well, that was it, you know, it was out with their jurisdiction and they felt that, you know, it was no longer on their doorstep. Yeah, and that's what they, they weren't really Clyde. They weren't, they weren't Clyde, but... This is, I went there, they've been there a few years now, and it's not their stadium, I think they're coming all Colts on that, on that stadium. Mm. I think they'll get more of a say at uh, Broadwood than what Clyde have. So would they be welcome if they were a stadium there for them at East Kilbride? Oh, I think it's, there's a possibility. As again, Do you think that ship sailed a wee bit? I don't know, I don't know. I know East Kilbride there, I know... He's, uh, Obviously, in the long league, that's the wee, that's we Liam saying. Do Clyde even own Broadwood, or is it Cumbernauld Colts? I think Cumbernauld. Colts. I think it's Cumbernauld Colts. Yeah. I, I don't think it's Clyde. Well, I think the council, but I think Cumbernauld Colts have got first say because yeah. I remember going there and they changed all the restrooms, and it was Cumbernauld Colts who were on the restroom rather than Clyde. Mm-hmm. So, but whether they're still there for a reason, uh, but would they be persuaded to go elsewhere if they got their own identity back in their own stadium. Well, if they had a stadium that was their stadium, yeah. and you, you would have to think from a financial point of view, it would make more sense because yeah. you would expect them to get bigger gates. Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I, I think if they moved back into this area, they would get bigger gates. But they still get their band of supporters who go week in, week out and make themselves heard. And they've always, just always been loyal. Mm. As I say, I, I just felt at the time the older guys who went to see Clyde didn't, couldn't, you know, just be bothered, you know, travelling. Yeah. Maybe you said they, they felt that, you know, the club had been taken away from them. They said, you never know in football, it could happen again, they could go back to this area. As I say, it's a great club, I love the club, as I say, it's two good spells, and obviously Craig Brown and Craig was there, and we won the league, it was it was and I still keep well of course it's only a hop skip and a jump from where we are now ah, anyway, yeah, to ah, where yeah, they were not, at Shawfield yeah you're only about 15-20 minutes away you know that, that's the thing but uh, for the fans as I say they've always been known as a, a rather good club yeah, haven't they yeah know, they have uh, let me ask you about the Steny job would you be interested in that one Colin McMenamy uh, had gone yeah I uh, will speak to the chairman Ian McMenamy in a minute uh, but the the Steny jobs up is that one that would interest you? Steny are a very progressive yeah. club, you know. Yeah, they, you know, they were, I was I played against them many a time when I played Steny. Well, I think it was well, it was a grass park at the time. Uh, Oakle View, wasn't it? Yeah. it was Oakle View. Yep, still yeah, is. That was that's. But look, I'm never going to say never to things because I, I wouldn't close the door on anything now. I've, I've been out again for two years. Don't get me wrong. I've been when I say enjoy my time. I still keep in touch. With the games and the, my scouts. Well, you, you probably see more games, yeah, well, more clubs yeah, now yeah. than you did, obviously. When, well, no, I suppose you never, because you would have been going to games all the time anyway. So that was a stupid well, thing to say, but you know what I mean. I've been always, you know, obviously I'm, I've, I've got to go where I'm told to go, but sometimes I get the option to pick a game and I, I do it. But I've seen very few of the, uh, the lower league games, and I know it's... Uh, the, these guys were all in the top league at one time. Well, I say the the championship, which it is now. 
And I like going to games. I like going to see, you know, the younger age groups and that and things like that. But for my job, I've got. What, what do you miss most about the day to day stuff, Jerry? Day to day on the training ground, uh, being involved with the players, having about it, yeah, you realise what a great job it is, you know, and what a great thing to be a football player. It's the best best sport in the world for them, best game in the world, uh, especially when you're at the top. But. Uh, the levels we've we've been at and it's difficult times we're up against it, uh, but you wouldn't have it any other way. You always look mm. forward to the games and I miss every day day to day training, yeah, in the dressing rooms having a bit of laugh with the boys and your ups and downs, you you have your ups and downs, but you're always hoping that you have more more ups and downs. And you try not to get too low in defeats, you try not to get too mm. high when you're winning, but the best game and then I say for any player and young player coming through you know, just work so hard and give it your best shot. You'll find your level in the game and who knows, you might be able to play at the top. You might go and play at the top one day. You look at great, uh, Andy Robertson, a great example. Mm. Guys like that. What's happening in that Celtic game that yeah, you're keeping an Celtic eye on? Celtic have still had a lot of Celtic have as much of the ball as Rennes. Uh, they're, they're trying when they get, uh, get into their half, they try to get ball and goalie up that side and uh, Al-Hamid, uh, Al he's trying to get up the right-hand side as well. They've had a few wee, I wouldn't say chances, but they're giving them a bit of problem. Oh, they're in here again. They're in. Ed, oh, I thought he was done there, but he's knocked it back out wide. Bob's corner kick to Celtic. But they're, they're, they're taking the game to them. You know, they're not just sitting back there. and Yeah, they're having a go. Yeah, they're having a go. And we Forrest has been in the attack of James Forrest and the guys come off the worst. As I say, Celtic are not sitting back here. They're, they're, they're trying to pose themselves in the game. Uh, they, they, the ch I just missed that one when I was talking to you. The guys cut inside from the right. Just to wee update for you, Jer, Lazio are beating Cluj 1-0 oh, well. uh, in the other game. I expect Cluj, you know, to end up the bottom of this league, mm -hmm. uh, this section. The Rens are the wee chance, boys come from the right. Carroll didn't Foster's, Foster's put it by uh, mm. saved it. Corner to Celtic right now. I'll let you know how this when it you hear the cheer when it goes in the net. <laughs> nah, goalkeepers came out. Goalkeepers uh, just before out. we take a break, do you want to say anything particularly? Your words, Fernando Ricks and a sad. Yeah, yeah, very sad. And you know what he's come through in the last last six year and what he's fought. He's gave it over and the same type of person he was in the park, you know and. He was a battler and just unfortunately his family and it's And of course your club tragically lost one of their greatest players through the same disease. We Jimmy, Jimmy Johnson, Johnson, we Jinky yeah. went with it and it's, it's a, a great picture yesterday on social media with Fernando Rickson stood at the, the foot of Jimmy Johnson's statue. Aye, uh, with his with his thumb up. Uh obviously in, in better days when his health was better. Um, but it's uh, it's a great loss just because he's such a young man. And do you know what sticks in your craw a wee bit? And it's the same with Jimmy Johnson, even though Jimmy was a, a reasonable age, but not an old man. Yeah. You know, the fact that these guys have been supremely fit, that yeah. they've been athletes, they've been professional sportsmen. And to see them debilitated yeah, in that way, it's right. just, it cuts you in two. To be reduced, as you say, as athletes in their game and in the public eye and their Derby fans worldwide, and you know, especially Celtic and Rangers, Jimmy with Celtic and Fernando with Rangers, and so, uh, and I was listening to quotes and guys and saying guys who worked with him, you know, as, as much as you know, he, he was a fiery character, but that was part of his makeup as the player. Yeah. But 
he was a right good guy. He had, he was a, he had a wicked sense of humour. I, I don't know if you you know this, but you know I actually coined the phrase, the nickname from Red Miss Rickson. By accident, but I, I kept calling him it when we were doing the real radio football phone and me and Ruffy. Every time we spoke about him, I said, Red Miss Rickson. And apparently they started calling him it in the dressing room. Uh, and when I met him, uh, and his speech was pretty bad about it, right. uh, you know, because of his health. But when I met him and we spoke about it, he kind of got his fist up like that to me about the nickname and things and then started laughing. Yeah. But really phenomenally I, nice man. I'd have been running with myself when we were at uh, Ibrox. Myself, what were we ups? Myself, Bobby and Jim Clark. Um, we were sort of shouting on the park, me and Jimmy, and, uh, and the Rangers were... Went two 0 up, make him running right over your dog and he started rubbing his eyes, saying, "Dry your eyes, you know." So, it's, so yeah, that was just uh, red misty me. So I had a wee go at him and that. And remember, uh, uh, Barry, Ren, I've got a penalty, penalty kick. Yeah. You see a penalty okay. kick. Uh, while you're looking at that and going to update us, I'm going to say good evening to our very first guest, Ian McManamy. How are you, sir? Uh, yeah. Good evening. I'm well. How's yourself? I'm okay, and uh, it's uh, it's been a strange couple of days, obviously, with the passing of Fernando Rickson, and uh, you know that that kind of I, I know it affects the whole football yeah. and family in Scotland, uh, and yeah. and so from that point of view, it's been it's been a strange couple of days. I was down at iBooks earlier on uh, today, uh, just having a, a look around. It's all of the tributes and things, and it's great to see how clubs and fans from all clubs come together at a time like this, which is is, is well, look look what he's done. I mean, that's he's, he's united, you know, people from from all all colours of football, and you know, you remember what he was like as a, a, a as a player in his heyday. But I think it's important to remember, you know, that, that the man as he was when he fought this 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 horrible disease. Because I don't know how I would have coped um, if it had been me. Would I have retreated away and and and, and not be able to deal with it? But my goodness, he was out there being an inspiration to to everybody, and mm. so I think you know that the, the man he was as a player, and also the man he was whilst he whilst he battled this was was absolutely phenomenal. So remember him all the way through that. So it's it's very sad, but inspirational at the same time. Okay, I, I really wanted to talk to you because you know that I like to to get you on the program. You're always open. You're always honest. There'll be certain things you will be able to talk about. I realise that. There'll be certain things you won't be able to talk about regarding the, the mm-hmm. events of your, uh, at your own club. Uh, your own club. Mm-hmm. And and that is obviously news yesterday that Colin McMenamin has now been relieved of his duties. He's now gone from the club. Uh, can you give us any background on that? And, and is there anything you can say past it was by mutual consent and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's a situation we just didn't ever want to do to find ourselves in. Um, uh, Colin's been at the club for a for a long time as a initially as a player, uh, and then he, he stepped in. Uh, he was he was coach for a while as well, and then he stepped in and, and, and eventually became the, the the manager. And he became the manager after a a, a detailed process to find who we thought would be the the, the right person. So. Um, we all had the utmost respect for Colin and the utmost belief. So we 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 hoped it would never come to where it came to. But unfortunately, I think in football, uh, sometimes things just don't don't seem to, to to work out. We we were looking at the results. Um, we didn't feel we were getting the the results that the team the team had in them. Um, we just felt as well that perhaps there wasn't enough progress uh, in terms of you know, you know building up towards starting to get more consistent results. So. 
we felt we had to we had to make a decision, and and you know we won't try and hide away from this, but we we we, we think that you know the trap door there is at the bottom of League Two as well plays on your mind. Um, you know, Club 42 now, um, the team that finishes bottom of League Two, is in very real danger of dropping out of the professional game. So one bad season in League Two, you finish at the bottom, you can go into that playoff and lose it, and you're you're out of professional football. It's happened to two clubs already, um, so that plays on your mind. So in terms of timing. Um, if we'd been in another league, I, I think we, we we might have hung on. We might have tried to to, you know, to 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 see what we could do to work with them to try and turn things around. But we're focused on the fact that we perhaps couldn't. We had to maybe make the change and and, and see if we can get some sort of instant to at least you know get ourselves away from the, the sticky end of the table. Ian, what would you say to people who might suggest that you even left it longer than you should have? Yeah, I mean, timing is is always the the, the issue that I think uh, you know not people want to talk about because sometimes people can see that, that things maybe aren't working, um, but what they don't know is what you're trying to do behind the scenes to make things work. So sometimes you know you are trying different things, you are trying to you know work together, put something in place to try and turn things around. But if that doesn't work out, then of course there's an argument that well you should have have acted earlier. If it does work out and you do go on a bit of a run and then and you've done the right thing, but all these things you can only assess through hindsight, unfortunately. So, you know, we felt we we we, we based it on um, you know, the the, the the run of games that Collins had since he, he, he came in uh, last year. We couldn't judge him on last year because it wasn't his team, it wasn't his selection apart from the guys he brought in in the January window, which all really added strength to the team, which so it was, it was good decisions. But overall, um, just in the whole kind of style and, and, and everything else that, 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 that was there, we just felt that was the time to do it. Ian, how you doing? Jenny McCabe here. Not too bad, Jerry. Yourself? Yeah, fine, fine. Yeah, I remember talking to Colin. I think he came on the show. If I remember right, Bill. Yeah, when, he did. When yep. he first when he got the job, and he was, you know, very enthusiastic. And obviously, it was an opportunity that he wasn't going to turn down. You know, any coach mm-hmm. or manager want to get that opportunity early. Sometimes it, you feel it. If it comes early. Am I ready for it? But again, you know, you're going to take you're going to take the opportunity, and it's. Probably a difficult one. I think it doesn't matter if you brought in an experienced manager. It, it's still always a gamble, and I think the the way you know you're going to get any success is obviously you've got to have a good group of players. You've got a good professionals, uh, you know, in your squad uh, and at the club. And sometimes it's difficult getting these in, and you're maybe having to rely on young boys, bringing young boys in. But it's it, this is the game we're in now, you know. As I say, if he had the ground running, and you saying he wasn't really judged in last season because it wasn't his team, but you know you'll probably be grateful for the opportunity you've given. I'll stand him in good stead because I, I had to spell it Dumbarton, and it just when I was on my own, I was always an assistant, and I felt mm-hmm. the first season, you know, we'd done okay. Uh, but the second season, you know, we, we we tried to change things and bring in different players, and it didn't work. But I would always say I was always thankful to Edin Barton for giving me that opportunity, you know, and it was a good club. And it's as I said, it's the nature of the game. And unfortunately, you know, yeah. if we don't, if we uh, sort of started getting results, you know, who knows? Uh, he's yeah. only a young boy, you know. You'll get a young lad in football in terms of management or coaching. He'll get probably an opportunity somewhere else, but I think he'll look back in his his time okay. here with with Stan Stan Ousmuir and say, "Well, look, he's thankful in that." Uh, 
uh, that he got the opportunity at the time he got the opportunity but you have got to look after the club and you make the decisions so obviously you'll need to try yeah. you're, you're hoping you get the next one right you know yeah I mean I, I, I totally agree what you say there sometimes you know, everything has to work you know you, you, you say it's about players about environment it's about style it's about you know, trying to do something different if all the parts don't work together it doesn't matter sometimes how good your manager is or how good your squad is something. If, if all the parts aren't working together like a machine all the parts don't work together then you're not going to get the output so you know, all the parts just unfortunately weren't, weren't working on, on this occasion but you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that we, we, we still gave them the opportunity we have on a couple of occasions now we've, we've given you know, new guys a, an, an opportunity and a chance it's part of what we you know, believe in being a community club is to is to is, is to work with, with with players and and trying to see them develop. And you know, I, I, I take a little bit of responsibility because I had a conversation with Colin uh, about a year or so ago because um, he was getting a wee bit older in in, in the game. So he won't mind me saying that. And so I talked to him with with manager something he was interested in. And I said to him, "You should start getting your name in." And then our our one came up, and you know he threw his name in the in, in the hat. So you know, I was somebody who encouraged them to to look at management because. I did, and I still do think he's he's definitely got that in him. If 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 he if he has fifty percent of what he had on that pitch, you know, he brought that into into management. It can work with all the circumstances. Work too, and it's, it wasn't just me that thought that. I and mean, there's guys been involved in the in the board at the club here uh, oh, for a number of years. I mean, I, I, I joke with them sometimes. They've been here since the the, the club was formed in 1884, and uh, some of these guys have said you could call up there in the top three of the ultimate professionals. Um, and that's because of his, you know, his professional attitude, the way he went about his game, his business, his personal life, the way he encouraged players, the way he, he, he conducted himself in the dressing room. And he was the ultimate professional, he, you know, a role model for, for, for younger players, role model for some of our community kids as well. So we, we've, we've always had column up there, which, which makes it a little bit more uh, you know, disappointing from, from his point of view um, that, that it hasn't worked out with us. But one thing he said the other night when, when we had our meeting and, and we talked about it, you know, he said, I, I love the club, but I understand. So, I mean, I hope he will you know, look back on it and he will still see that the, the, the real affection that we actually hold him in um, once the kind of dust settles from it all. And I hope he does go on and, you know, continue to play football uh, and then continue to look at management as well. Yeah, yeah. Can I just can I just say, Ian, how difficult is it to recruit these days for managers? Because when you hear, and it can, it's clubs at all levels, I'm sure you've already had a hat full, a sack full of people be in touch with you. And, and you hear about clubs getting over 100 and 150 applications for a job and, you know, managers or coaches that you would never have thought would applied for a job from all over the world having a crack at them. Um, how mm-hmm. difficult is it? Do you get to a point where... And I know you've got to be very careful, but do you get to a point where almost battle fatigue sets in in trying to match the criteria to the applicants? Yeah, I mean, you have to have a, a, a set ideal of what you're looking for, a, a strategy. Uh, it's the only way you can do it, because you're right. I mean, even the last few days, um, I don't know how many people have added extra on, on LinkedIn or how many messages I've got or we're sitting in, in, in the in the room that I'm having a board meeting uh, and everybody's phones were, were, were beeping and buzzing with, with, with people expressing interest and you know, the phone ringing all day and the people you've never spoke before coming up and wanting to express that interest. So but you get a lot from, you say, from all over the world, people getting in touch and wanting to talk about it, wanting to see what happens. Um, but 
you have to have a, a fixed idea of where you want to go, I think, as a club. Um, you have to know the, the, the type of person that you're looking for, uh, what the key criteria are, and then using that, you can then you know, take people out of the process quite quickly. So you're narrowing it down to those that uh, you know would be fitting the profile of where you want to see the, the club go. But it's a, it's a, it's a difficult process, and... Um, I think if you look at clubs uh, at our level, clubs League One, League Two, um, there's a kind of mix there. There's there's the experienced managers, um, you know, who've had success in a number of other clubs, um, but there's also um, you know some of the the, the the newer ones maybe coming through, maybe guys who're stepping up from the Lowland League or the Highland League who've got a good reputation there. So you've got all that to to, to weigh up as well as. And look at what the fans think, what the fans want. That's quite important. We have a supporters rep on the board, but we also have really good relations with 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 the fans, just directly and personally. So we do try and monitor to see what what they want, what their thoughts are, and we try and just come together with with you know uh, a, a short list, and then hopefully take it through and, and and find the right person for the job, man or woman. What is the criteria that you that you're looking for? What what have you set as the criteria? What are the main points uh, that you're looking for? In a new manager. Yeah, I'm going to disappoint you because as much as you said, I'm always open and honest. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give that because uh, we've had a lot of applicants at different levels, and I think if I said who we're going for would be, uh, you know, telling people they weren't getting the job before we've given them the respect of telling them personally that, that, that they're not getting the job. So I, I, I'll, I'll decline to. I'll you can't, decline you can't blame me for trying. Advantage. I mean, you know me as well as I. You know me as well as I know you. You knew I was going to try it. (laughs) Absolutely, I knew it'd come at some point. But uh, no, I'd like to be able to go back to them and let them know uh, from us. Heard you first if they're they're successful. Let me then ask you what kind of response you've had thus far. Um, uh, Yeah, quite a a wide response. Um, We've had people from from all different parts of the game. we have had um, you know, managers from some of those other leagues, low and league, high and league, managers who have been around the game um, for a while, um, managers who have been in positions and are, are, are no longer in positions looking for something, um, and obviously agents coming on board as well, recommending managers who might already be in other positions, all of which you can you can look at as long as you then make any approaches uh, you know, through clubs so you don't fall into traps that some other clubs have fallen into. So you get a whole range um, of applicants, but um, we've, we've had a, I couldn't put a number on it because I just could, honestly, I've never talked it up, but you know, dozens, dozens of, of applications come through. Ian, yeah, I, I don't think you'll be short any applicants for this, uh, for the job. As you see, any job that comes up now, you know, there's maybe at least 20, 30 yeah, people applying for the job because guys want to get back into the game. The simple fact is that you feel it's. Uh, sorry, Ian. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because guys, yeah. guys love the game. And yeah, right, yeah. Love to get back in. It's in their blood, you know, it definitely is. Uh, see, the, the other thing, I'm, do you think, and this is, I've, I've felt, you know, especially in the lower leagues, we, the clubs that have got a wee bit more budget, bigger budget, it gives them that edge. Obviously, they can attract a wee bit better quality player who's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and that's just what, you know, you've got, you, you, you're up against... But have you got an academy? Are you these the age groups? What's the next age group uh, under your first team? Yeah, I mean we don't have the academy anymore. We were part of the fourth academy, right? Which, uh, along with Falkirk, which which you know, yeah, uh, right, right. A, a year or two ago. But 
we have our, our under 19 team, yeah. um, and we have uh, no, other other age groups in there as well. Um, but in, in, you know, in terms of sort of budgets, where you know, the club's in, a, in a, an okay financial position, um, so we, you know we hope we're able to be competitive in, in terms of what we can offer um, a, a manager. We'll certainly put more resources into the into the first team budget yeah. this year as well, more than there's ever been in tennis year. So, you know, we, we we're, we're trying to put as much in as we can, but. What we're trying to do is, is do it in a very, very sustainable, measured way. So we're not we're not taking any money we might have made last year in the cup and just spending it all this year in a first team budget. Yeah. And next year we're going to have to go back to a, a smaller budget. We want to make sure it's, it's a sustainable approach to it. So we'll have a good budget. We've got, so we've got a good budget for the first team, but we'll have a good budget for, for appointing a manager as well. So I hope I've not uh, hope I've not just uh, you know, cost myself money there by somebody going to ask for a lot more money. I don't know how much are you prepared to accept, McCabe. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 do, I, do, I do it for the love of the game. Uh, I, yeah, I've just saved you money there. There you go. He's, uh, he's sitting texting me, Bill. He's texting me. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the wee rascal. He's telling me I need to change, I need to change my nights to training nights, so I'm on the radio. The other thing is, Ian, the other thing, you, you'll probably be he's dependent on the 19s as well because it's a good age. I always feel running about that age and... They forget about it, but he's only 19, he's only 28. I feel they're, these guys, and if any guys good enough, they should be in the team or in your squad. And I've always said, yeah. that. I, I think we've, we are a sort of a nation at times, we hold boys back because, oh, he's he's only this age, he's, uh, he's a couple of years before he, he'll make it to the first team. I, I don't agree with that, he's, especially, you know, if you've got a talented player in there. The fact yeah, is, we've, we've got a young lad. I'm going to give him a, a wee plug. We've got a, a young lad uh, called Tui Daramola, right. um, who um, he, he's come right through our community program um, from from he was, he was just knee high, uh, all the way through uh, into the, the, the under 19s, um, and then we gave him his, his, his first uh, professional contract last last season. So he's out on loan just now for a couple for a season. Yeah. He's out for a bit of last season. He's out on this season as well. He's the he's the lead goal scorer um, when he's out there at Cayman Juniors, and uh, he's been playing in the Scotland uh, team as well. Still a young lad, but he's an absolutely fantastic talent and a fantastic player. And it just shows you that these guys are still out there. So when we talk about you know Scotland teams and talk about us as a nation and we compare ourselves to to other countries and Belgiums and, and uh, Iceland and all these countries and look to try and see how what we can do and where it's going wrong, these guys are still there. They've always been there. We just haven't been able to identify them and get them into the system somehow. Oh, but they uh, are here. And yeah, these, and well, these guys come along and do that. Definitely, definitely. We've got as good a talent. They all say about you know kids Absolutely. in other countries yep. at 10, 11, 12 are better. No, they're not better than their kids. No chance. No, uh, we, no they, chance. they are out there. It's just getting the opportunity to get them in. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't yep. mind young boys going out alone, especially junior. Juniors. Are, I mean, I come through the junior ranks as well, and it's probably the best uh, decision I made going junior at sixteen. Because I didn't, yeah. I wasn't long in growing up and trying to look after myself because of the, you know, the sort of a physicality side of it. Uh, mm -hmm. But you do a disservice if you don't put people out on loan because you, you know, they wouldn't be playing first team football yeah. every Saturday. So they could be in training with the team all week and then come the Saturday, they're not even on the bench. Setting up a stand, the thing. Yeah, stand. go to so play. Not getting game time. So you've got to get out and get game time. 
at a level, and that that goes right across all divisions. And Premiership clubs should have people. Oh, they do have you know people out on loan, and uh, all the all the all the levels and all the levels should be working together to develop talent that way. So it's, it's an essential part of, of of developing any talent in any club in any country. Well, even experienced players. Uh, when I was at Dunbar, I persuaded uh, Stephen Dobie. You know, and you, you just look mm-hmm. at the career Stephen had. He was at St John's at the time, but he wasn't playing. But he's too good for our division, third division. But at the end of the day, credit to him, he wanted to come and play. He says, mm-hmm. look, I just want to play football. And he came and I uh, had him for about three months. He scored about ten goals. Went back to St. Yeah. Johnson, went to Queen of South and the rest was history. And you know, and he, he still talks about it as probably the best movie made going alone rather than setting up a stand because he put his cell back in the shop window. And that's what I had. Uh, yeah, exactly right. We had the exact same scenario with, uh, with Kenny Miller. Kenny, um, yeah, there you go, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he he came here. He, he wasn't quite breaking into the first team at Hibs yet, but he came here, and as you would imagine, for somebody who's had the career now that Kenny Miller's had, he absolutely shone here uh, and was absolutely outstanding. Went back and got himself in the first team, and uh, he again, you know, he did an article two years ago. Now he did an article and he talked about his, when he came to Stennis Muir and how he how he embraced it and how it, uh, in many yeah. ways, it kind of got him on the on the radar. Yeah, I think more players, more players have got to do it. You know, you'd rather be playing. Doesn't matter if you're doing it a few levels. Rather be playing than yeah. setting up a stand. That, that's the way I look at it. Absolutely. Ian, it must be quite a key requisite for you as well that the manager does understand the Warriors in the community. You know, the the way that you guys get into the the, the community and are very much a community based and focused club. So I, I guess that's another aspect that when you're you're selecting that you've got to know that they understand the ethos of what Stenhouse Muir is all about. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, it's it's the ethos of the, the club in terms of its community programme, its community profile and, and, and what we're trying to do there. But it's also the ethos of the club of us trying to, to grow as a club across all parts. So grow the community programme, but grow the first team and, and just grow our side stature as a club. So we want to make sure that you know the, the manager sings up to that, and that's that's one of the things that we we, we talk about when they come in is how we how we see it all working together and how it integrates together, um, and we also want to see uh, a strategic approach to to, to to building a team and, and and to building a club and and all working together on that, so we we can give them the support that they need uh, to be able to do that. So if they need talent scouts, if they need um, recruitment scouts, analysis, whatever they think they need. We need to build that into a model that, that, that works and then we need to make sure that the whole ethos and the whole way we go about the club means that it's accessible to, to, to everybody and it all works together. Because if it doesn't work together, you know, a, a club will fall flat on its face. And, you know, we've, we've had a lot of success with our community programme um, and we've had a lot of success in the last few years just the way we're kind of going as a, as a club. Just need to make sure we get that success uh, on on the field as well on the, on the first few matches. Now you're playing Brecon on Saturday, and I spoke to your opposite number at Brecon, who was in a similar situation, just changed managers, uh, but he made the same point that you did earlier on, and it's quite interesting how this is playing on clubs' minds now, and rightly so, about the fact that you didn't have that comfort blanket uh, in League Two anymore because of the Lowland League and the pyramid system. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it, it's it's on everybody's mind. There's two two clubs away, um, and uh, I think there's more will more will will go as well over the next few years because there's some really well funded uh, you know, teams in lower league and higher league looking to looking to try and break in. So it does. It plays. It absolutely plays on your mind. I think I've said on your show before, Bill, that that I've always viewed it as you know you come into a club 
uh, into a, a, a role as a director or as, as chairman, and you're just sitting in the seat for your time. There's been people here for a hundred odd years before you sitting in the seats making decisions, and there'll be people after you as well, you hope. So you just want to make sure you get it right and you try and do your best for the club and it continues into the future and there's a legacy and that history of the club. You don't want to be the guys that took the club down uh, or maybe ended that history. So yeah. it plays heavily on your mind and you absolutely you know, absolutely have to be focused on making sure that you're, you're doing everything you possibly can to stay away from that trap door. Well, listen, good luck against breaking at the weekend and thank you for coming on and thank talking you. to us as always. Uh, you know, it's always a pleasure having you on the show and talking to you about these things. I hope things uh, work out for you in terms of the, the selection process uh, and getting the right guy in and uh, we'll look forward to maybe having a chat with him as well. Uh, as the season progresses, but thanks again, Ian, for coming on and talking to us nope, tonight. Appreciate it. Good luck, Ian. Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cheers. Bye bye. Uh, Ian McMenemy, the Steny chairman, talking to us tonight on Talking Football. Talk me through that penalty. Uh, who gave it away? What happened? Aya. Aya. Terrible. Clumsy. He got the ball. Well, he got a touch in the ball, but he was actually pulling, pulling his jersey. I don't know what he was thinking. Just stay in your feet and, you know, get a tackle and, oh, crazy. You know, the manager would be loved with him. And he's, he's giving it the hands and the head and that. It's a terrible, stupid tackle. But I, I don't know why he just doesn't stay on his feet. And he did get a block. He did get his foot to the ball. But the reason he got his foot to the ball was because he's, he's yanking the ball yeah, the boy back. He's yanking the back. That was a stone ball penalty. But a stupid, crazy decision. I don't know what he's going through his head. Just mm. stay on your feet and make a tackle. If he gets a shot, you're hoping your keeper maybe. But it was quite close in. To be fair, and maybe, I don't know, he panicked a bit because the guy was getting in front of him, but, ah, you know. Listen, it's, all, it's, it's, only one, it's only one, there's plenty yeah, of time. Yeah, but, you know, but there's... I know it's a stupid one, stupid and that's one. annoying. And, and as you say, Neil Lennon will be going off his nut. Yeah, yeah but then, then he's, he's all remorse after it. He made a, made a mistake. Hmm. He, as I say, you stay on your feet, and if he has a shot, fair enough, but... Don't give away the penalty. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more football and crossover to Ibrox with Bob Smith and Hugh Burns. Have you picked up the Feel the Heat brochure from your local plum base? Get one today and take advantage of great offers, including Polypipe's Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket at £99.99. That's a 15% saving on purchasing individual pieces, and it's exclusive to plum base. The Polypipe Polymax 100-piece fittings bucket is just part of the Polypipe range available in the plum base Feel the Heat brochure. Shop online now at plumbase.co.uk or grab one from your local branch. Motorpoint, we put the super into car supermarket. We're here to save the day with a choice of over 7,000 low mileage, nearly new cars. Find your next car in a flash with our lightning fast service and same day drive away. Plus, with Motorpoint's price pledge, if you find the same car for less, we'll match the price and give you a £50 Amazon voucher. Visit Motorpoint Glasgow today, just two minutes from junction three of the M74. T's and C's apply. See website for details. The list of things you need to do gets longer at this time of year, whether that's for the house or in your business. So take one thing off your list right now. Your septic tank could need emptied. 
Let Grant Henderson Tankers empty your septic tank in the home or work, farm, factory or workshop at very competitive rates. We are septic tank specialists, experienced, safe and dedicated to environmental safety with our own licensed disposal site. Find out more at wemovesh.it or call 01698 284 987. Grant Henderson Tankers. Let the experts manage your waste. William, Pamela and Anthony were sold investments by banks and ended up losing money. Luckily, they contacted Goodwin Barrett and were able to claim back a total of £65,500. If you've lost money on an investment sold by a bank, even if you no longer have it or the paperwork, just text GOOD to 6677 to discover how much you could be owed. That's GOOD to 6677. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful, you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Jerry McCabe on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, thank you for joining us on this uh, Thursday night. Europa League action, of course. Celtic a goal down because of a penalty. Uh, that's uh, in Ren. Rangers getting ready uh, to take on Feyenoord. Uh, Ibrox on what will be a, well, it'll be a poignant night because of the fa- uh, Fernando Rickson situation. Obviously, uh, Fernando Rickson passing away yesterday after a, a colossal, titanic battle with motor neuron disease, and uh, there will be a minute silence before the game. And made more poignant because of the situation of it being Feyenoord, the Dutch club. Uh, we're going to talk to Bob Smith and Hugh Burns. Very, very soon. Uh, Jerry, only one previous meeting between the sides. That was in the 2001 and 2002 season. UEFA Cup, uh, Feyenoord winning 4-3 on aggregate en route to actually winning the trophy. Right, yeah. Now, they're in a process of rebuilding at the moment, Feyenoord. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where I, I said to... Um, our colleague last night, James Rowe, about it. He he's a, an expert, lives in Holland, an expert on Dutch football. Uh, and I said to him, "Is it a major build or is it a fiddling round the sides?" He said, "It's not a major build, but a wee bit more detailed than just fiddling round the sides." So it's going to be interesting to see just kind of what kind of test this is for Rangers tonight. Yeah, you look at the Dutch sides. You always pride pride ourselves in bringing through young talent. You know, especially the Ajax, and you know, I think a lot of that's a module, you know, for uh, for improving their their squad, their players, rather than go out and spend big uh, big in players. Celtic just missed a chance here ahead of. Sorry, Bill. No, uh, it's okay. You no, know, it was uh, it was it was Bruni. Was it Bruni get ahead of? Uh, yeah, I. They're always going to be tough. Technically, they're all good. They work hard. You know, they're strong. Yeah, some clubs, I would say. The ones that have dominated Dutch football for the last few years have been your PSVs and well Ajax were off the PC for a while, but now they look a right great outfit because they brought a lot of their own players through the academy and they're all most of them are playing in their their first team now. And Feyenoord were always in, always involved and went up there and winning the championship trophies and yeah, I think it'll be a tough one for Rangers tonight. I, I fancy Rangers just to say I think because of the crowd will have a night and a night. They're going to have. Do you know? But you know, Jerry. Sometimes I think that can work against yeah, you. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that. But a lot of these players didn't know. Sometimes, sometimes it becomes. Did. Yeah, but the crowd do, and sometimes these things from the crowd feed. And 
my worry is that it becomes anti-climax uh, and the atmosphere is it's kind of inhibited. I think if you really want to honour Fernando Rickson, you make as much noise as you possibly yeah. can. You get behind the team. And that's not something you have to tell Rangers or Celtic fans. Yeah. They know that. But you do, you've do. you seen it yourself. Sometimes these occasions can be kind of a bit... Mm, you know what I mean? What I think, Bill, is they'll have the, you know, the minute silence and the fans will have their thoughts and, you know, it will be... Uh, sort of a solemn there for a wee while, but see once the game starts, then the fans will get they'll get right behind Rangers. They'll, they will try and make as much noise as they possibly can. Stephen Gell's coming out saying, "Let's go and win it for Fernando Rickson." But you know the players will want to win it for themselves. Uh, it's be, because it, they know how tough it will be. Uh, it's definitely you know, Feyenoord will be one of the favourites to get out of that that section, and uh, I feel if Rangers get something tonight, then it gives them that you know platform to go and. And try it. Well, I'll tell you what. Sorry be there, but I think maybe Christie could have got a penalty kick there. He's been caught. Maybe the guy just got a wee nick in the ball before it. I need to see it again. Uh, so, uh, it'll be a tough one, but Rangers will be looking to get some out at the night. And, uh, you know, like you get to any of these, uh, it's great having, uh, you know, the the sections of four teams. And you, you know you're going to you get the six games. But if you, don't I, win, if you don't win your home yeah. games... Yeah, you've got to win your home... You've yeah. got to take points from your, yeah. your home games. Yeah. You yeah. have to. Uh, it, it's a bit like Scotland. You know, our downfall has been at Hamden yeah. most of the time yeah. and not getting the results. I actually tweeted earlier on in the week and I got absolutely annihilated for it. It's not something that doesn't happen on a regular basis. I get pelters most days of the week. So you should, but, but the things you say... Well, I, I tweeted that I'd heard the story about... <laughs> uh, I'd read a story about Conor Golson and Nicola Cattage right. having a spat, and it could cost Cattage's place. Uh, everybody said, you know, that one, the source was rubbish, uh, and I shouldn't play any attention to places like that. And fine, I, I, I said I read it. I didn't say I believed it. Right. But here's the strange thing tonight... Katic isn't in the team and he's not on the bench. bench, Now, for me, Katic has been the best central defender that Rangers have had from the tail end of last season right into this season. And yet, Holanda starts and Edmondson's on the bench. Now, I don't know if Katic is injured. I wasn't aware of an injury with him uh, earlier in the week. So I don't understand why he's not even on the bench. Well... Put it this way, see if that's my two say that's my two strongest central defenders, Golson and Katic. Does it matter if they have a fight, have an argument, a disagreement? I'm not saying they did, no, I'm saying I read a story that said they did. Yeah, but my concern case. about the story and how true it might or might not be yeah. is the fact that he's not even on he's the not, bench. Yeah, he's not even on the bench. But as a manager, I'm sure Stephen Gerrard, you know, if it was some, uh, if it was a set two he had with the manager and he, the manager felt, right, OK, I need to put this guy in his place and sort this out. But if it's two players arguing with one another, I, I wouldn't favour one player or the other. Listen to the stories, but at the end of the day, that's been these two, that's been these two central defenders since the league started, these two main yeah, defenders. Well, as I say, I'm going to emphasise again that I didn't say it was a true yeah, story, yeah, I just yeah. read it. I'm just saying that I don't think Stephen Gerrard would you know, favour one player, not another, and but, side up with one But player. why isn't Katic on the bench well, unless he's unless he's injured? Well, but I haven't that, heard that. That can, that can be the only, you know, explanation for that, Bill, because, 
if my two players had an argument in the park, yeah, great, get it sorted out. I want you playing. I want you. I want you in the team. Mm. So get yourselves. Well, get your heads right. Let's find out a bit more about it. Bob Smith's at Ibrox Forest with Hugh Burns. Bob, just before you give us the full team and everything else, uh, I was saying earlier on in the week, I got absolutely slaughtered on social media uh, for reading an article which said Nicola Katic and Connor Goldson had had a bit of a spat and uh, it may cost Katic's place. Now, Rangers fans went through me for a shortcut. I said I'd read it. I didn't say it. Well, that's what we were just sorting out there, Bill, as you were saying that, because unfortunately it must be European football. We haven't as yet the team line. But, you know, we've always got sources and that is it. So, following along what you're probably going to say, Katic coincidentally, ain't playing, and who is in the calendar? So he is... Well, well, the thing that worries me, Bob, the thing that worries me about this at this point, and it's very, very simple, is that I never said that this this story was true. I just said I'd read it. Uh, and, of course, I got absolute pelters from Rangers fans. If he's not playing, it's, cause, it's because the boss doesn't want him to play or whatever like that. And that's fine. I, I can take that criticism. What I'm concerned about now is I'm concerned about the fact that he's not even on the bench. He's not even on the bench, but it, it just lets you see in the basis of Stephen Gerrard, he does not mess. You know, a name is only a name to him, and that's the message that will be reverberating right throughout the team. You can be sure of that, because he was getting a lot of praise, wasn't he, from all sources, and all of a sudden he's not even in the bench. So from that point of view, it, it, it lets you see it's more than a crumb I would suggest of you being correct on that one, Bill. Tell, talk us through the teams and then we'll catch up with yourself and Hugh. Right, OK. And goals for Rangers then. It's McGregor, Tavernier, Helander, Golson, Jack and Davis, Ojo, Kamara, Morelis, Barisic and Arfield. For Feyenoord and goals, it's Vermeer, Haps, Berries, Larson, Shistera, Fair, Tapio, Kochuk, Kerzrop, Edgar and Bottingham. The referees, is Antonio Mato. All right, let's bring in Mr. Bond. Hugh, you, you probably heard what we were saying there about the situation with yeah. Katic. What do you take on this? Well, listen, I know we have big favourites of Katic. To be honest with you, I think the last two or three games, he, he's kind of he's a bit flat, Bill. And, and I think the distribution, I think the aggressive side of Katic has got him in the team. Uh, but I think his distribution, and, and you know, you just kind of keep passing the ball sideways and back. I think maybe the manager is looking for somebody to go and link in, and I think that's maybe... Listen, you know, if you're playing well, you don't get dropped, Bill. You know, and, and that's the bottom line, so there's something there the manager's not happy with. Surprising to see that he's going on the bench as well. But, uh, again, that's what the manager makes decisions for, but that is a big one, but it gives Hollander a chance to come in. There's no doubt about it. Interesting to see Barisic back in as well. We spoke about the European scene, probably. Uh, you know, helping him more than the domestic scene, so... Maybe the managers get that thought as well about Barisic. He's not really blessed with a lot of options at the minute, though, with John Flanagan still coming back from the, the, the double hernia kind of operation. Yeah, yeah. And with Andy Halliday, I mean, with all due respect to Andy Halliday, for me, he's not. it's not this standard a, a match that Andy Halliday would be my first choice for. No, I think you've nailed it. I think I don't think it is a game for Andy Halliday. I think there'll be horses for horses. We Andy Halliday as a squad player to bring him in as an auxiliary left side, wide left or a left back when things are not happening in the left back there. So it gives Barisic a chance to 
to cement his, he, you know, his position as number three. But how many times are we going to say that about Bono Barris? It's now's your chance, now's your chance, now's your chance. We're talking about a £2 million footballer. And, and you know, he, he kind of keeps letting the manager down. He's got ability. We all know he's got ability. But, he, um, you know, tonight you've got to show it. You know, we've watched him play with Croatia. He's been magnificent playing with them. But he's got to bring that international form to his club for him. Bob, just before I bring in Jerry McCabe to talk with us as well, let me ask you, because I know you always get in amongst the fans and get a feel for for how people are feeling. This is going to be quite a strange night in the light of the tragic events of yesterday and and losing uh, Fernando Rickson. I know a lot of fans have been looking at the the tributes to him. I was down at Ibrooks earlier on, uh, and although it was very, very early, I've been down at Ibrooks that early on European nights before, and you can get a bit of a buzz. Uh, what's what's the general kind of feeling? What's the atmosphere tonight? Well, there's no doubt at all. What we have in this stadium just now, Bill, for example, is about six to eight hundred Feyenoord supporters belting it out. Rangers supporters slow to come in, but what I did notice was they were going to the area and giving great respect down, bringing flowers in where it's all lodged obviously about Fernando Rickson, but um, it's a real shame. And the bit about it as well is you can be sure that Gerard in that dressing room has been using the whole story as a tool to try and make sure that his players don't just come out and try their best anyway, but lift their game to a top, top level, given the dreadful circumstances of the passing yesterday. So um, from the point of view, it's still early yet to look at the fans, but you can be sure that when we get that minute silence, There'll be a lot of tears and there'll be a lot of folk just thinking back where were we, you know, in the mid-90s, etc., etc., with him and what he gave to them all. So, yeah, it's going to be a poignant, very sad time. There's no doubt at all about that, Bill. Shug, it must be a, it must be quite a, yeah. a, a kind of poignant moment for you being a, a former number two yourself at, at Rangers yeah. and, and having a, a an affinity and a, with an affiliation with that berth in the team. Yeah. Uh, where yeah. where do you think he sits in in terms of you know the Rangers history? Of course, he's he's always going to be in the history books for yeah. Rangers because of Helicopter Sunday. But over and above that, where do you think Fernando Rickson sits as a player as a Captain. Well, I always think he was comfortable when he came here, and he was surrounded by a lot of his Dutch colleagues, and obviously Advocate had brought him. We were lucky enough all those years ago to bring him in, uh, you know, to, to, to my studio, and we had a great bit of banter with him. He had to have been long diagnosed, and Stan Gordon brought him in that night. Remember the night we, we sat, and, you know, and he was still very active at that time, and I just think being the captain of Rangers gives you a platform anyway, but, you know, he, he, you know, he was a, a, a typical full-back, you know, wearing his heart on his sleeve. That's what the fans uh, loved him in, loved for him. And, and, you know, yeah, the helicopter Sunday, yeah, certainly escalates him up there. But he just didn't, he didn't, you know, his debut got sent off against Celtic. I remember the far side game and I think it was Pesta. He was playing against Pesta. There was just loads of things. A lot, of, a lot of things happened that should have happened for him. But that was just Fernando. That was the way he lived his life on the edge as well. Um, you know, he was always in the papers, uh, people reading about him one way or another. But you know, he, he, you know, it's so, it's just an absolute tragedy. Bill, 43 years of age, uh, and and you know, lo and behold, it's a Dutch team that come here tonight, and uh, I'm pretty sure it will be uh, a well-observed uh, minute silence. Um, it's very quiet. It's quite outside. I passed the gates uh, wherever there was Kane ahead, and as Bob was saying. But uh, yeah, it's a very, very, it's very calm right now. Okay, come kick off. 
there will be a buzz. But right now, yeah, I think all the thoughts are with uh, Fernando's family. Shug, it's Jerry here, son. Jerry. Hi, right, Jerry. Before we talk about your team, just let you know Celtic have equalised. Are you choked in your pie yet? Oh, right, OK. Right, well, right. We, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't know that. A penalty. Shug, it was a penalty kick for a dive by no, James Forrest. Never a dive. Boy was caught. You know, no, anyway, just uh, one each, uh, one each over in France. Uh, right, Shuggin. Aye, joke. Take that crust out your throat with that pie. <laughs> uh, uh, just come back. I, mean, I was talking to Bill earlier about the boy Catty, you know, and it's you saying uh, that's been his best partnership, Golson and uh, Catty. It yeah, seems to have been a uh-huh. spot, if, if there has been a spot between the two players, that's fine. Let them have their spot. Right. That's my two main defenders. You'll be. I want you the heads right for the the game on Thursday night. If it's if it's something that's happened with the manager, then it's a different ball game. You know. I, yeah, I think Stephen well, but I think Stephen Gerrard's saying. I think he's big enough to look at. Right, it's two players having a spot of disagreement. Right, we can they can sort that out. That's uh, you, you know it happened every day, every week in football. But. Uh, I would be very surprised if Stephen Gerrard took sides here and thought that one one was to blame and the other one was, you know, it was his fault or this carry on. At the end of the day, well, this, right. this is his two main defenders, and I'm sure he'd have wanted the two of them in the night. Whether it's an injury, yeah, who but, knows? Yeah, I would think, you know, the experience that the manager's got being in the dressing room, it wouldn't have been the first time he'd fell out with a player, and my boy did that and all yeah. been there. Um, so, you know, that again, you don't cut your nose off to spite your face if yeah. you're. And I'm pretty sure he's been doing that route as well. You know, we're all... Listen, at the end of the day, I've said to Bill, I don't think Katic over the last couple of games has did that great on the ball, Jerry. Right. With distribution, I think it could be better. And might be a night for, you know, that he wants Hollander to come in and link up and Golson. Golson's quite comfortable coming in with the ball and linking into middle part. Yeah. Just lately, Jerry, they've missed that wee link to the back and it just seems to be quite negative in there. So, I'm sure we'll get to know it. We're sitting with some of the press guys right now, but... To be eliminated through the full squad or something. Yeah, well, that, fire. that's what I'm looking at. You know, he's not even on the bench, so uh, you'd be looking at it different. If you felt it tactical, right, I'm going to change it at the back, but you'd think he would still be involved somewhere along the line. Yeah, but look, yeah hey. I, as I say, they, they, that, that's been the, you know, the favour of two at the back. Yeah. Uh, the form's been good, and, and a lot of people are kind of complaining about Ghost a little bit, but he's made a lot of mistakes. His distribution could be a wee bit better. But uh, generally, Katic uh, has been the mainstay there for the start of the season. But uh, it's just it'll be interesting to see, you know, where we are. And I'm sitting in the, the editor of uh, the Daily Record sheet. David McCarthy just about my backside, so I better get myself out of here. <laughs> slide tackle for McCarthy, unbelievable. <laughs> He's never slid tackle in his life. <laughs> He's never slid tackle in your life, Bill says. Um, That's right, very hard. No, it was me that said it. Tell me, you must have slippers on. I was, I was McCabe that said that. <laughs> <laughs> and go back to, and going on to, you know, yes. Fernando Rickson, yeah, Bill was saying it could maybe affect, uh, it could be a, you know, a solemn night and night, you know, amongst the fans. I don't think so. I think the fans will give it the respect and, you know, as you say, they'll, they'll have their minute there, they'll, they'll be, their thoughts will be with Fernando and his family. Then, as soon as they yeah. kick off, I think they'll get right behind them because at the end of the day, Gerrard's come out and he's saying that he wants to win it. Not just for you know Bottom. for the club, but he wants to win it for you know Fernando Rickson. So, yeah, they'll yeah. they'll have their you know they'll be grieving over the next few days. But as soon as that game starts, I think their their focus will be on getting behind Rangers. 
Yeah, I think you're right, and I was at his benefit match here as well. Uh, you know, on the day that he went on to the middle of the park and kicked the game off, and my own dad was standing with me that day, and he appeared in his eye, and he's no longer with us as well. So I have my own wee thoughts when, when uh, you know, it comes to the minute silence, and it's a shame. It's just an absolute tragedy, but. Again, being the you know the, the Rangers in general and Celtic and clubs and have all got to deal with bereavement, Jerry, yeah. and it's no yeah. nice. It's the worst thing in the world we've ever all had to deal with. Um, and I'm pretty sure right now it'll be very, very wrong. This is the ball earlier on. It's it's incredible to think that it's a Dutch team that's here tonight. Yeah, you know, sometimes uh, you know these things come round and you're not expecting them. But I think the wee man's been hanging on for long and weary there, and he was a fighter and. They get the best of treatment. I've got to say as well, the hospice girl was over there. Um, we're all with them, you know, and, and, and what I've heard, the treatment that he got for the girls there but it was absolutely incredible. So just a wee shout out for, for the hospice over in there yeah. that looked after Fernando for a long time, Jerry. Bob, let me bring you back in and ask you, uh, what's the expectation amongst the Feyenoord fans of being able to gauge what they're thinking there? That, you know, are they... Are they optimistic? Are they thinking they'll be happy to go away with a point here? What's the, the general feeling with the, the Dutch fans? It was quite interesting, Bill, because you know I get to the games fairly early, so it gave me the chance to speak to some of the Dutch media, and there's no doubt at all, and this is the words of Jap Stam, their manager, it's a vibrant youth players that he has got that has took them to where they are just now. And we only need to look back to the semis of the Champions League last year, and they were so, so unlucky with Ajax. Remember that game against Spurs and it looked as though they had it. But how brilliant were they and how quick were they able to move that ball about sharp and whatever. And I've got the feeling, Bill, honestly, the way they play to an extent was the way Celtic opened up their game here a couple of weeks ago. You know, the players are confident, sharp in the ball, that pace, being able to get in and come up in numbers as well. And I think that you're going to see a lot of these players playing as individuals, but also as a team as well. And if Rangers can get through this tonight, even if we win by one goal, I think it's going to be an excellent result. If they do, it's going to give Europe a chance to sort of waken up and say, wait a minute, this resurgence of Rangers, it's, it's for good or it's for keeps, you know. So from the point of view, I think that Rangers are going to have to go in, make sure they don't control, make sure they don't impress. And from that point of view, if Rangers can be right on top of things from kickoff, that, I would suggest, is going to be the way that they will take the game forward. But there's no doubt at all, the Dutch fans, you know, the Scottish fans are very, very open, very warm, very noisy. But that's football. And uh, as I say, they're they're, they're team, team football supporters. And that's what we have got here at Ironworx as well. You might be able to hear them. I'll just take my phone off a minute. That's some of the players just coming out for a wee warm-up. So... Already there's maybe about 650 of the fans here. It'll be absolutely full. But uh, getting back to what you were saying there with um, Hugh, there's no doubt at all it is quite tepid just now, but you can be sure that they to a man. And I'm looking down here, you've got Michael Knowles, for example, who obviously was a teammate of him and whatever. And for these guys, obviously, it's it's a, a terrible awakening of what life's all about. And they just have to have the good thoughts and hopefully... The good thoughts will start maybe in half an hour's time as Rangers might surge into a lead. 
Shug, let me ask you, are, are the Dutch going back to the future? Because it seems to me that they've actually gone back to a model now that was very successful for them many years ago. Because uh, they've spent a few years in the doldrums, but it all seems to be changing. And the general consensus is it's because they're kind of reclaiming the model that they made famous. Yeah, and I don't know why they changed it. I don't know why they changed it. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, the, the kids coming through it dries up for us well when, you know, they, they maybe try and buy a wee bit of success, which was the effective hence, you know, the, the national team not doing as well. But they're coming through again with Van Dyke and the team and players like that and Wijnaldum and, and, you know, Koeman back in charge there. So, instead, you know, looking at the Dutch down there as well, you know, big, big stamps down there doing an interview just waiting for you, you know, only half an hour to kick off. Touch reports everywhere, Bill, you know, so there's a high expectancy from uh, the Feyenoord uh, fans, I think, tonight and, and press, but yeah, I think I think they always get it right, the Dutch, even, even when they went through the so-called doldrums, Bill, we would probably have still took that, you know, that way, so <laughs> I think because their, their, their stand-up has been so high and mighty for, for the past 30, 40, 50 years, you know, when when they have a few bad results, people, it's like, you know, for them losing games, people stand up and go, wow. That, that's a strange result. But in, when Holland lose games, people still look at it as if they say, what's the matter there? But, you know, their national team now are flourishing again under Cuban. All right. Jerry, you any, anything else to add? No, I think what Shug's saying there, you know, Feyenoord, they're, they're a massive club. They're, massive, uh, they're produced a lot of top players, not just for, you know, Feyenoord, but for, for uh, Holland as well. And you're right, Ajax had their spells, you know, they were away, they were down the league, down sitting around about the middle of the league potential because they do pride themselves in the academy and bringing players through and obviously that was, this, you, you, you look at Ajax now, the players are bringing through, uh, through most of them are, they've come through the ranks yeah. and they're through the academies and that's, that's, that's it's a module for the Dutch uh, Dutch clubs but it'll be a tough one tonight, you know, definitely be a tough one, they're saying, you know, they've got, they've got a big, yeah, big, yeah, big yeah, reputation. Rangers have got to play. For me, Rangers have played okay. He's didn't play against Delphi. You know, the, the, the what be a game? Um, sorry, the Polish game, Bill. Legia Warsaw. Legia Warsaw, yeah. Um, that was a tough one. And, and I think Rangers kind of toiled that night a little bit. So the same It's got to be up for it early. And just on that, I've seen Big Van Hoydong earlier on. You see Big Pierre. The guy who are back to the future. I've seen the guy who's... He's got a big grey boot on, hasn't he? Doc, Doc. unbelievable! It's like I thought it was Freddie Boswell for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I think you can. I think you can be doing me some of his hair, Shug. (laughs) I was waiting for. I was waiting for Lyle Lil. Unbelievable. Um, So it's uh, it's all going well. It's beginning. The press boys are beginning to come up here, and uh, it's beginning bubbling up a little bit. So hopefully, uh, come kick off. Place will be full. Feyenoord fans are very, very well behaved and I don't think there's ever any drama between um, you know, the Dutch and, and, and the Glasgow folks. So are you kidding me on? You don't remember Ajax and Celtic? Celtic Ajax? No, I don't know. <laughs> but that's used all over. I want to fight with anybody. Was that, right? was, was that Rangers fans dressed up with Ajax scarves? We know how to be. Oh, <laughs> shut up. But, uh, <laughs> anyway, is it still one each in Wren? Is it still well, one Celtic, Celtic are on top here. I'll tell you what, Shog. I'll tell you what, Shog. They played really well, Celtic. I well, you know, Celtic are good. Yeah, they've got good players for Europe. You know, they can hit the breaks that in and yeah, bang, not, bang, bang away they go. They've no sat back. You know, they've been in their faces a wee bit. Yeah, it's been a decent game. Balling goalies went off. Yeah. Johnny Hayes has come on to left back, but you know, I think right. Celtic, right now they deserve to be you know on level 
Why will play again? Probably might take off. Plenty, still plenty time for Red uh, to get a winner. Well, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll text you, let you know. Uh, uh, listen, boys, give me give me your predictions for tonight. I, I'm going. To, I, I think Bob's sitting next to me here. I, I, I think there'll be goals. I, I'm, I'm going to go for a two-one Rangers. So, Bob, what's Bob, your prediction? I'm going to go for a a one-nil. It's going to be tight, but a one-nil, and that'll be a great result for a fantastic result. KB, one each, one each. All right, yeah. guys, we're back with you at half. Back with you at half. Me, I'm yeah. going for two-one Rangers. I'll get enough for me, big boy. Uh, uh, we'll be back with you at half time, boys. Thank you for that. There we are, Hugh Burns and Bob Smith, our men at Ibrox tonight for that uh, Europa League. Uh, encounter between Rangers and Feyenoord. Uh, still 1-1, Jerry. Yes, uh, and Charm's on. Uh, uh, ball and goalie's gone off. Is he injured? Well, yeah, he was down injured. He was holding his thigh or his groin, I don't know, but he's he's went off, but Johnny Hayes has come on. So it's, it's light for light, I think. But when I say light for light, you know, Johnny Hayes has played left back before, so I think he's just... Kept it the safe way, you know. No way to change too many too many positions and mm. move them about. So he just brought Johnny Hayes on and Charm. I think he come on for. Yeah, I think it was Elanusi. I'm, I'm, I'm right. It's just it was a just getting changed. Yeah, Hi, Elanusi and Christie yeah. went wide apparently. Yeah, yeah. But as I say, uh, the penalty kick. I don't know if you've seen it. I thought. No, he, I he haven't seen a, it because you're watching it, it on Mad Gizmo. Oh, it did make a wee bit. Uh, you know, when he get touched, he, he dived. Down, but but, but uh, you and me straight in my ear telling me it's a penalty. Uh, Celtic have got a penalty for us dived. Ask him if the, the the player touched him. Did he connect? Ask him. He said the one before on Christie was I a penalty. Was a he said the one before on Christie was a penalty. Forrest swallow dive. I thought. I thought Christie. No, in I, fact, they were holding up cards at the side. Yeah, good. He got a hit in the knee. He got a kick in the knee. So he's been down <laughs> as you know. Knee. Rangers players have done for years. You know. You want me? You want me? Name one. <laughs> well, it doesn't take much to get down now. Put it this way. If the opposition are going to do it, you may as well try it. Uh, let's have a break. We'll come back. We'll talk more football. Thursdays at 8pm. F1. Rally. Formula E. Touring cars. And MotoGP. The motorsport season is well and truly underway. And Rock Sport Radio is already spinning wheels and burning rubber. Andy Alston and Adam Todd are on the starting grid every Thursday from 8pm to bring you news and comments on pole position petrol heads dream try lap or two with the guys pole position on rock sport radio do you hear that that's your family coming round to your new house for sunday lunch your son opening the door of his first home visitors arriving at your guest house friends coming over to watch the football scottish building society offer a range of mortgages so we can turn this into this Scottish Building Society. We've been helping people open doors since 1848. Call us today on 0345 600 4085. Scottish Building Society is authorised by the Prudential Regulation Authority and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority and the Prudential Regulation Authority. Have you ever lost money on an investment? If a high street bank persuaded you to buy a stocks and shares ISA, unit trust or investment bond and you lost money, Goodwin Barrett can help you get back thousands of pounds in compensation. Even if you don't have the investment anymore or the paperwork, Goodwin Barrett make it easy to to find out. Text good to double six treble seven. That's good to double six treble seven. You don't need a claims management company to make a complaint and if unsuccessful you can refer it free to the financial ombudsman. It's easy to put things off. I'll sort it tomorrow. It'll wait. Well, 
turns out, if you're a man with prostate disease, the sooner you spot it, the better it can often be treated. So if your dad or brother have had prostate cancer or you're having trouble with your waterworks, do something about it. See your GP or visit prostatescotland.org.uk for more information. Prostate Scotland. Pull your finger out. Love music. Live sport. Talking football with Bill Young and Jerry McCabe on Rock Sport Radio. Okay, just before we move on, let me give you some of the results so far this evening in the Europa League Group A. Applewell Nicosia, F91 Dundalangi, uh, three, it's three all in that one. Uh, FK Karabakh against Sevilla, 1 0 to Sevilla. Borussia Mönchengladbach hasn't kicked off yet. Uh, Dynamo Kiev, 0 Malmo, 0. Uh, FC Copenhagen, 1 Lugano, 0. FC Basel, 4 Krasnodar, Nil, uh, Getafe one, Trabzonspor uh, nil, Lask one, Rosenberg nil, PSV Eindhoven three, Sporting Lisbon one, CFR Cluj two, Lazio one. Whoa. Hey, there's a turn up for the but these. See the remaining. The remainings are not cannon fodder. I'm telling you. People didn't realise that this was a decent team when they played Celtic. Uh, Ren won, Celtic won, and uh, Eintracht Frankfurt nil, Arsenal won, Standard Liège won, uh, Vittoria Gumerales uh, is nil, and that's you bang up to date. Let's go and talk to our final guest tonight, uh, esteemed journal of the Edinburgh Evening News and the Scotsman, Anthony Brown. How are you, young man? Ah, not too bad, thanks. Nice to speak to you again. Uh, listen, before we start here, um, you know, we, we've got to talk about the Levine situation uh, and the backlash, it seems, that there has been from uh, Hearts fans about Anne Budge's statement yesterday. Anthony, are you are you surprised that the backlash has been as vehement as it has? Uh, not really, to be honest. I think whatever Anne Budge said this week would have antagonised heart supporters as long as she was back in Craig Levine. There's so many heart supporters, probably 95%, if not all of them, want Craig to go now, it seems. And the fact that Anne's sort of backing them is just seems to be exacerbating the situation a little bit. The is... wording of the statement wasn't great, and I think that's the thing that's really annoyed a lot of heart supporters, the, sort of, the use of the word genuine hearts fans. I think a lot of people have taken offence at that. And just some of the some of the terminology in it seems to upset a lot of people. It wasn't particularly well crafted in my view, purely because there were so many contradictions in it. And I'll give you an example. Uh, there's a part in it, and I'm paraphrasing now, where she kind of says, if anybody thought that our plan was to be bottom of the table at this point, then you know it certainly wasn't. And that's fine. But then later on says, you know, in defending Craig Levine, he's got to give an account to every board meeting as to how things are going against plan. Now, she's just said that the plan wasn't to be at the bottom of the table, but that's where they are. Is no one listening to the, the kind of report he's giving against plan? Because it's terrible, obviously. If the plan wasn't to be at the bottom of the table and he's got to give a report against plan, it doesn't reconcile. No, it's uh, that baffling part of the statement. I mean, it's uh, obviously results are nowhere near good enough for Hearts. The only thing I can presume 
looking at it from Hart's perspective is that they're intent on looking at the long-term picture and they obviously see a fruitful future with Craig at the helm. So I think that's the only... I mean, they're obviously just willing to take a little bit of short-term pain, try and ride this storm out. But it's becoming a tsunami at the minute and they're going to have to do something quickly to stop it and reverse it because ordinarily I think it's widely accepted that Craig would probably have been relieved of his duties either last weekend or even before then. Um, just considering the way results have gone over the past 11 months. Obviously, Anne's invested so much faith in him that I think she's now almost reliant on him to an extent to keep this project going, if you like. I think she's probably wary of if she cuts him loose, how do we move forward sort of thing. I think that's a big factor in it. And it's a pretty messy situation, to be honest. I mean, there's an argument that Hearts are just trying to play the long game. We've seen loads of football clubs that have become sort of basket cases because they keep sacking managers. I suppose Hearts are arguably guilty of going the other way and putting too much faith and keeping faith with a guy who, as much as I like him as a person, uh, get on well with him. He's just not delivering results at the moment. Before I bring in my wee hippie pal here, Mr McCabe, uh, I, I, I want to just catch up with a couple of things because you broke the news earlier on. Uh, Naismith and Pereira will be fit for the, the derby at the weekend. Uh, that has got to be good news for Jambos. Uh, but of course, Naismith has been out and when he came back, kind of broke down fairly early. How confident can Hearts be about his fitness? I don't think they can be overly confident about it. I think we've seen enough evidence in the past year that putting all faith in Naismith is not necessarily a good thing. Obviously, he's capable of really pulling them up by the bootlaces if he's playing and he's at it, but I would be inclined to maybe start him off the bench because the danger is he starts the game, he goes off at half-time and hearts are deflated. The alternative option is start the boy Machino, who looks really sharp at the moment play him in the number 10 role and then you've always got the option of bringing Naismith on which would rouse the support if you were up against it or if you were winning 1-0 to help see it out sort of thing with Naismith the way things are going he could even pull out tomorrow for all we know like this hamstring issue just doesn't seem to be going away Um, seems to be a recurring thing so even though he's on track just now whether he actually plays much part on Sunday remains to be seen Anthony it's Jeremy Cape here how you doing? Hi Jeremy Anthony, I've been watching Hearts. I watched Hearts more times than I watched any other team last season and I felt they were a bottom four club and I've said it time and time. I I just couldn't see anything from them and I didn't know what sort of a plan they had, what sort of system they had. And I know they had injuries to Pizzo and uh, Naismith at the same time, but I just felt, you know, they they looked, even in games, uh, I, I felt... Craig Levine was throwing young boys in. I think I remember the time at Aberdeen they were 1-0 down and he put two two young boys in. He had experienced players on the bench. And I felt maybe he yeah. was a, he was getting away with it with the fans because he knew they were struggling. But you, you, you always know when the fans see young boys coming on, you know, it buys you a bit of time, I feel. But I felt it was a wrong time to yeah. bring them in because they were struggling. I, the best I saw them was about a month ago when they played uh, Mullow uh, for part in the, uh, the Cup. And I thought, I said, well, wait a minute, because I was quite critical of them because I'd, I'd seen them that often. And I felt, I said, look, if they play like that, they could be a force again. They played really well that night. Yeah. But then they went back and I, I, I don't really know as, I know I, you never see, you know, like a manager, see a manager losing his job or being in trouble and getting the criticism he's getting, the criticism, uh, being uh, the way the, the fans are criticising him. But I've sat amongst the Hearts fans and, what, and really last season there were, Bemused at some of the, you know, and they're, you know, they're like their voice for us. 
And I, maybe because Hibs aren't doing so well this season, it's taking the pressure off the two of them a wee bit. You know, I think if Hibs were up there sitting in the top three, uh, you know, and playing some good attractive football, I think the pressure would be on them more, vice versa. But uh, I, I yep. still don't see Hearts. Yeah, I look at Hearts and I, I don't. They say, oh, yeah, they're a big club, a well supported club. But I, I don't see them playing any sort of a threatening football, a, a good football, attractive football, anything like that. I just say, when's it? Are they waiting for something just uh, turning on a switch and it's all going to happen? I don't, it doesn't work that way. And I feel maybe that's the, the fans have just seen enough as well. Yeah, the fans have definitely seen enough. Uh, it's funny you should mention that Monaco game. I think that's the one game that's sort of given people slight hope that it can all click together because they did look really assured that night. They yeah. were comfortable. But even though it was only 2-1, it was a pretty comprehensive away victory. And I think, to be honest, Hearts are probably suited to playing away from home at the moment because yeah. there's so much tension inside Pinecastle. As soon as a defender makes a mistake, as soon as... They're struggling to break down the opposition. The fans start getting on at them. Players starting to get a bit edgy. But I think that night at Motherwell, they were able to sit in a little bit, let Motherwell try and make the play and then pick them off. And I think that might suit them in terms of Hearts have always struggled away from home over the years. But you might find that they're actually a better team right away now, from yeah, home this, yeah. than they are at home at the moment just because they'll be able to play with a wee bit more sort of freedom and less tension in there. That's why I think they might have a good chance of winning on Sunday because I think the pressure will be on Hibs in that regard that they'll have to make the play and maybe the home support will get a bit agitated if things are not going their way. Yeah, I've been looking at things. When I look at them, I know uh, when Pisa was out and Naismith, and you're looking for other players to step up to the play and uh, Sean Clare, you know, voiced them and, and even when Jim was there last year, they just disappeared out of the game. You know, you're saying, well, somebody's got to, you know, take the bill with the horns here and you, these ones are the the quality players you, that people talk about at Hearts when you talk about Hearts like the Sean Clares and the Jim. I know Jim's away now, but they didn't. Yeah. They, they just disappeared out of the game, and I just felt they had no leadership on the park, no no voices on the park, and they just it was a case of just let's get through this game. You know, if we get a, a point out, it, we'll, you know, we'll be happy with that. But and especially Tynecastle, where you know there used to be a, a fortress at one time. But right now, you know, I yeah. think any club going there would be confident of getting a result. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the games coming up probably help them in a way because they're sort of high-profile games. As I said, away at Easter Road, a fixture that they're reasonably good in in terms of the way things have gone for them the last couple of years. And then they've got Aberdeen at home, which is a fixture that they have done well over the last couple of years under Craig. So these two fixtures, although they're obviously not easy by any stretch, they're probably two fixtures that suit Hearts in their current predicament. Whereas if they were at home to a Motherwell or a Hamilton in the Cup, I wouldn't fancy them at all. But against Aberdeen, they might just rouse yeah, themselves. Game, yeah. yeah, and if they can somehow get out of these two games with victories, which I'm not saying that'll happen, but it's not beyond possibility, that would swing the mood big time. I mean, I know right now it's all doom and gloom. Craig has to go all that, but I think two victories over Hibs and Aberdeen would completely change the dynamic. Yeah, Whether they could sustain that going forward is another matter, but certainly in the short term, I think that would be Craig and Anne's hope that they can somehow eke out two victories in the next two games, swing the mood a little bit in their favour and then try and build from there. Yeah, I've watched Hibs as well a couple of times this season. I saw them at uh, Fir Park and they were well beaten. And I saw them at uh, rugby Park uh, on Saturday, and they just look a shadow of uh, the team. There, you know, when Lenny was there, he at least had them up in a bit of fighting, and, and uh, yeah. just the confidence. You know, they maybe start the game as well, and they play a wee bit of football, but when they go a goal behind, uh, the once the game settles down, and 
they just seem to be lost. I think they, they miss Boyle in the wide areas. I know they brought in the boy Middleton, but uh, he wasn't featured, I think he featured on Saturday. But they, I just look at Hibs as well, and there seems to be a lack of you know, fight in them. You know, I know that the players will say, no, no, but they're out there, you know, and they're trying their best, they're doing their best, and uh, but I just feel they're no, the Hibs as well, they're no leaders on the part. Stevenson, uh, who's been there a long time, I think he's been one of their most consistent players. The one plus for me on Saturday for Hibs was the boy Portis coming back. He looked aggressive, you know, yeah. going and winning things, but they, they just seem to lack, you know, Camberry, they keep saying he's a, he's a striker. I don't think he's an out-and-out striker. He's more of a link-up man, but they just don't seem to be creating a lot of chances, and Right now, they're getting through a bad spell, and the Hibs fans are, you know, they're making their voices heard as well. They're, they're no, they're no happy campers right now, and it could be amazing. It could be, well, the fences haven't been in top, so it could be a probably a few goals in this game on Sunday. Yeah, if I was Paul Heckenbottom, I'd be inclined to change the formation. I mean, I know he's sort of set on this sort of four-three-three, four-five-one. Yeah. yeah, but I think they need to get Doidge up there beside Camberry. I don't think Camberry's suited to the lone striker role as you say but equally you don't want to put Camberry out on the left where he was last season Yeah. so if you can get Camberry and Doyle up there together you need to keep Scott Allen in the number 10 position as opposed to putting him out wide I think the best way to play for him is 3-5-2 or with a midfield diamond and Doyle and Camberry up front because they're the three players that can probably win them games as a, yeah. a heel if you like but I feel that you're almost too reliant on Camberry if he's not got a partner or something I think Scott Allen's getting a wee bit bogged down by the sort of mediocrity around him. And I feel if you put Doidge up there, although he's not really set the header alight, he is a goal scorer. He'd take a wee bit of the pressure off Camberry, which should in turn allow Scott Allen to be a wee bit more. Yeah, I have uh, two strikers to play into. They played Scotty uh, sort of on the left hand side in Saturday, you know, and I think it was still he's a bit lost in some of his passing was really, You know, Scotty yeah. likes in behind because he. He is capable of the telling pass in behind, and he's one of those players. I think he's a talented player, but I feel when he goes out there in that area, he's lost to Hibs really, and he does he does more defending than he does getting on the ball and attacking. It. And you know, and you need your flair players. That's that's the thing about you know when you're going through a spell like this, you need your players, your flair players to step up and get on the ball and go and try and do something for you. But I feel he's uh, he's getting bypassed in games as well. Anthony, yep, just, just, just moving on a wee bit, if we can, because halfway through the window, Paul Heckenbottom announced that Hibbs had done all the business. He wasn't going to go into the market anymore. He was happy with what he had. Hibbs uh, fans went absolutely ballistic on social media to me uh, about that and couldn't quite understand why they felt they were halfway through probably you know, bringing in players that they needed, that they then just shut the door. Now, when the new owner came in, he promised a lot of money to be put into the club, but he did emphasise that it would be at club level they would decide how they spent it. Have they spent it wisely, do you think? Uh, on the basis of the transfer window alone, I would say it's been pretty underwhelming. They don't look like they've come out of it any better than they finished last season, which is a pretty damning of statement considering that they finished fifth last year and had a very mediocre squad by the end of the season. Um, I think they've probably been guilty of relying on too many, uh, probably too many players who are not used to the league and they've all sort of, at the moment, none of them have improved that they're ready for it. 
and obviously Jason Naismith and Scott Allen, they've played in the league before, I'm sure they'll be fine. But the worry is, the boys that have come up from England, none of them have really done anything yet that suggests they're going to improve the squad. At best, they're going to be sort of squad players at the minute. I mean, obviously, you've got to give them time, I get that. Some, I mean, we're only still two months into the season, but at the moment it is a little bit worrying for them from a Hibs perspective about how the squad's shaping up. They look flimsy in midfield. Defence, to be fair to Paul Eckenbottom, he's been hammered by injuries there. He's had some rotten luck with Tom James, David Gray, Darren McGregor all being out. Porteous is obviously just coming back, so he's been unfortunate there the way the defence has gone, and that's obviously played a big part in the fact that they're shipping goals left, right, and centre. But um, I also worry about them in attack. Unless Deutsch can step up and start scoring, I think they're going to be far too reliant on Camberry. Hickenbottom doesn't seem to fancy Ollie Shaw, and even then, he's, Shaw's not still not a proven striker, so I think they're, they're really going to have to get Deutsch scoring if they have any chance of having a decent season, I think. Doesn't what you've just said, though, bear out the concern of the fans where they said that they, they didn't think they'd finished in the transfer market when Paul Heckenbottom said that they had? The fact that they've, you've named those injuries, yet they don't seem to have the strength and depth to be able to cope with that. Yeah, I was, I was very concerned about Hibs' transfer work from quite early in the window. It didn't really... When you see what Hearts were doing by comparison and even Aberdeen, they seem to be getting higher caliber, more established players in. I mean, I know they could go down south and unearth some gems, but I just think Hibs haven't come from the position they were in before with Neil Lennon, where they were attracting big-name players. Even before that, under Alan Stubbs, they were getting good young Scottish players in who knew the league, and the guys like John McGinn, Scott Allen, Fraser Fivey, these were sort of caliber players as far as Scottish Premiership goes. Just going back, sorry, just going back to Craig Levine for a minute. You've spoken to him this week, and we'll get your thoughts on what he said to you. But he's quoted this week also as saying that he can see the light at the end of the tunnel. And for me, he must have really good eyesight because the thing that people have seemed to kind of patch over here with this. We're not talking about a Hearts team that have had a bad start to the season. We're talking about a Hearts team that had a bad end to last season and a bad start to this season. So there's a continuum. How long is the tunnel that Craig Levine's looking up? I asked him, I said, does there come a point where you have to just say it's not happening for me? And he says, that point will come where I feel I can't reverse it. I don't know when that point comes. Be fair, in Craig's defence, what I would say, him and Anna probably, they've probably just parked last season, shut that off, written it off and started afresh. I know the supporters haven't, I know nobody else has, but I think that's the way they're looking at it. Last season fizzled out, we've written that off, we start afresh this season. I would suspect that's behind the thinking of... But, but with all day, with all due respect, Anthony, they haven't started afresh, they've continued where they left off last season. That's, no, no, that's the that. whole I'm point. Not, I, th- I think what, from Hart's perspective, though, they have probably looked at it and said, this is a new season, we're still only five games, but uh, yes, we're bottom of the league, it's nowhere near good enough and all that. But I think they're probably thinking that this is a new squad, new players, bed them in, give them time and what have you. And whether that's a fudge or not, I don't know. But I think they have, sp- obviously there's this, what is it, nine, four wins in 2019, is it, or something like that? I think Hearts will probably look at that and just write off the second half of last season as a complete write-off, if you like. And obviously, supporters won't, because they were at these games. They had to watch them all. They paid their hard-earned money to go and watch them all over the country. But I think there's probably an element of Hearts thinking that last season doesn't really count in regard to what's going on now. And I think that's probably their get-out, that they'll say, let's wait and see how it is after, say, the first round of fixtures in this, this season. 
I would be surprised if Hearts were still at the end of the first quarter because I think their players are too good that they will pick up results here and there. But whether it's enough to generate any real momentum, time will tell. Give me your prediction for the weekend. <laughs> on the evening news website, I've gone for 2 0 to Hearts, predominantly on the basis that I think the pressure of the home support might make Hibs edgy and Hearts could play a wee bit like they did at Motherwell, sit in, pick Hibs off. It, a lot depends. If Naismith or Machine will play, I think that Hearts have got a good chance of winning the game. KB, I, I struggle to see Hibs winning this game, to be honest. I just can't envisage how they're going to do it. I, Unless Hearts have a complete abomination in defence, which is not the impossibility, obviously. <laughs> I just can't see Hibs having enough match winners. KB. Unless Camberry or Allen can pull out a moment of magic, I just can't see Hibs winning this one. What's your thoughts, I, Jerry? I think there'll be goals in it. Yeah, Anthony, I'm going to go for two each. Defence is on top. Right. <laughs> Anthony, always good to talk to you. Thanks for coming on and talking to us tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. No problem, uh, guys. Tell us Thanks, what Anthony. Tell us what we can be reading about in the evening news tomorrow or the Scotsman. The evening news tomorrow, um, from Hart's perspective, we've got an interview with Callum Morrison, one of those players who's just back from five months out injured. So, um, and I don't actually know what's in from a Hibs perspective, am I? I don't know who the player was. They got. I think it might be Melker Halberg, actually, but I'm not certain. OK, thanks for that again. Thanks very much. There we go. That's Anthony Brown, evening, uh, Edinburgh Evening News and Scotsman journalist talking to us tonight uh, about the situation. Now, I believe now, Mr McCabe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Celtic now have their own version of Alfredo Morelis. Bio's Bio's been bumped and apparently could have been apparently could have been bumped before for using the elbow. Terrible decision. Now I've seen this boy before using the elbow, and I'll tell you now he's going to he's going to get his marching orders. I saw it last season and the season before with Morelis. I saw it. I've seen it so far with the boy Bio. I'll I'll tell you what, Bill. That's a ridiculous decision. They're sending off right, and Chum has a shot. The keeper spills it, so he's got to go for the ball. And he goes and he just drags his foot and he doesn't get it and his left foot actually hits. Maybe the, the, the goalkeeper's got his, you know, he dives on top of him. Well, you, you, you know something, the goalkeeper is a disgrace. You mad You know what I would I would get back and I would I would send the goalkeeper off because feigning an injury, rolling about, usual. See if I would have been Bobby Wilson, the keeper would have been getting carried off, he'd have been half into <laughs> You Bobby loved I'll tell you something right now, that's a ridiculous sending off. <laughs> Ridiculous sending off. Uh, but you know that, that's it. I mean, the keeper's rolling about as if he's been hit with a sledgehammer. Then he gets up, takes a takes a free kick. Ah, that's my pet hate in football. Growing men rolling about injured, well, feigning injury. Ewan, find them. You is BT Sport got the Rangers game on? Oh, if it's no, you better phone after, in and get it's it. It's on after Celtic, so they're missing the kickoff. Is that what you're telling me? Eight o'clock kickoff. That's all right. Yes, That's fine. Yes, I'm a happy see, Yeah, certainly after the Celtic game. I thought it was quarter to eight. Thank goodness for that. I actually I was, pressed the record button. I, I was, I was, I was panicking then. Now the old heart was going into palpitations. Then I thought, oh, was it? I thought I'm not going to see Rangers when I get home tonight. I've got the the wee wife. She's got the old red button on it now, recording it. That'll be us. Oh, I've recorded be. the two games actually. Yeah, well, you've watched mine. I was going to watch the Celtic game, but you watched that. I'm looking forward to watching Fairo and see how they kind of play. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
it's good to know that we've got something levelled up now with your boy Bio going to get oh, his... this is all you're saying. Going to get his... Get hunted every time he goes in with the big lanky legs. See if you get sent off... The big lanky like legs and the flying arms See and... if you get sent off or something like that, you better chuck it. It's ridiculous. The well, football, I'm, football all, football I'm all from chucking it. He can chuck it any time he likes. Football's going to win if you get sent off If he wants to chuck it, I'll give him my full support. You know something? See if that was me, I didn't wish I did do him. If I was getting sent off for that, that's a You're terrible saying, thing for no, a professional no, to say. No, no. A terrible thing. Seems to get sent off for that. Absolutely real... horrified. Ah, ah, that's ter- oh, I'm okay. horrified that you've said that. Well, Mr. McCabe, I'm not, I cannot you know believe. No, something. I hear you. See if, Wait, you're, see if you're going to get sent off for something, make sure it's something good. Well, you know, because oh, he's feeling it. Nah. Terrible, terrible yeah. for a professional to say nah, that. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I don't care. I'm I tell you, you what, I'm shocked. Clues have beaten Lazio. 2-0. 2 1. 2 1. There you go. Did you see that coming? No. Neither did no. I. <laughs> no. Do you know this team are they, they're party poopers? There's no two ways about it. Well, Romanians are always good football players. Yeah, they? but you know? Jerry, everybody was tipping clues yeah. to be bottom. Well, I did. I, I thought, you know, they still may finish up bottom. All right. I mean, it's in Romania, and, and I should imagine it's a bit of a hotbed to go to. Yeah, but we're saying that you, you get points in your home. Home game, that's the, you're absolutely right, and that's what they've done. They could finish third bottom with three points, you know. No, I know that, yeah. I know that, but you know, their tails will be up having beaten Lazio. They'll be coming up to, and I'm not being funny here, I'm not being facetious, but having beaten Lazio when they play Celtic, they'll think we've beaten this team before. Uh-huh. We've taken four goals off them, yeah, no, and no we've idea. beaten Lazio. You know, we're not the, the we're not the whipping boys of this section. They're, their confidence will be through the league, that uh, through the 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 roof. Yeah, that's that's two of the four team. That's two of the three teams are going to play. Well, that they've beaten, and well, they know they've beaten. Well, looking at Celtic tonight, Celtic is a right good performance tonight. So they've certainly. That's a good yeah, result for Celtic. Yeah, especially uh, hey, look. You know, a one-one draw, a one-one draw there. That's a good result for Celtic. I, mean, I think they deserved it. Looking at what I've seen in the game, as you and saying it was near penalty. No, no, I'm reading. I'm reading somebody else's. Uh, somebody with a because I said. No, no, no. I'm reading somebody else's that I, I don't really read that much because <laughs> I just find his reporting unbelievable. Oh, uh, and so I was just reading his report. Oh, in the Celtic game? Yeah. I was just reading his report. And I just went, right, okay. I think Celtic deserved it, but I see. No, listen, it's a good result. Yeah. And I, I don't care whether they deserved it or not. I want to see the Scottish teams doing yeah, well. Would you have took a point away from home? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, I would have. Uh, and as I say, I just want to see the Scottish teams doing well. So you know whether they deserved it or not, it's immaterial no. to me. If they'd have, if they'd have played rotten and took a point, I'd have been quite yeah. happy. We need the coefficient. You know, we need absolutely. Back, so. You know, we've moaned for years yeah. about how many qualifiers we have to play. The higher we get that coefficient, the less, the less qualifiers yeah, we course. have to play. Of course, of course. You know, Rangers and Cel- well, Rangers in, the, in Europa League have already played eight games before this. That's right. In the Europa yeah. League. Yeah. yeah. Oh, did Celtic? Many Celtic? Many four qualifiers in. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy. Right. Eight I games. Celtic are they not? Well, they will be, but they were in the Champions League for ah, some of them. Weren't they? The qualifiers. No, I'm, the qualifiers. I'm just the qualifiers are ridiculous. ridiculous. But it's because our coefficient's been so bad. We yeah. can get the coefficient has rocketed. I'm not just saying it's because Celtic won the league. But see, if you're the champions of your country, you should be. You shouldn't have to play qualifiers. I don't care what anybody says. So you're fourth team in England, fifth team maybe. 
Four teams. Well, I don't, I don't agree with them getting four spaces. No, I don't agree with that, but it's because financially the big countries, Spain, Italy, Germany. But that's not the Champions League. I'd rather go back to the knockout yeah. European Cup format yeah. if that's the case. If it's the Champions League, well, it's wrongly, wrongly named. Named, whatever you yeah, badged. Badged. No, I agree with you. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I really think it's a disgrace. So for, but, so for but the better that Rangers and Celtic do now, especially in the group stages, will stand us in good stead again for the coefficient, which means that come the next time, then we won't have to go through all this nonsense. They might get a decent close season. You know, they're well, getting two and three weeks now. Yeah, yeah but, it's crazy. but there is no close season now, uh, is there? No. Really? No. They've got a week or two weeks. It's absolutely mental. Yeah. It just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So you're happy with the draw? Yes. Uh, what was it you said you thought the result was going to be at Ibrox tonight? 1-1, one, one, did you one, say? 1-1, yes. One, yeah, yes. Yeah. Two, two, okay. two, two on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So. One one would be a bad result for Rangers for me at home. Yeah, at home. Yeah, you know, at home. It would, I, 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 I think you've got to try and get your three points at home. And seeing that Feyenoord having a, you know the experience that they had, they're good at know. the back though, Jerry. Yeah, they're yeah. very strong at the back. They don't leak goals. They don't ship goals. And they'll be technically good. Yes. Yeah, so from that point of view, my worry, my, I, I, and I'm, I'm going on about this, and it's not because I think the spat thing was true. It just concerns me. There's something happened at Rangers for Katic not to be in the bench. If he's not injured, how can you go from being your, one of your main centre halves right out the pitcher, right out the squad? Yeah, you know that. That's uh, that's the question everybody will be asking. Definitely, if he's saying, "Okay, I've done it tactically. I'm bringing Helen in, but you're on the bench in case things, you know, I have to change things. But but not even being the bench, then there's something. And I know we're surmising that. You don't want to start the rumours, but if he was fit to play and he's not in the squad, then it's something else, isn't it? I just... I, I, I haven't heard him saying he's been injured or anybody else saying no. he's been injured. You'd have heard, eh? Well, I'm, I'm sure he would have. Don't worry, more stories will come out. Shug will come out with something out here, but in that dressing room. Probably, probably. Listen, that's it, mate. We'll be back tomorrow. Thank you. We'll see you again on Monday. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Hugh Burns and Paul Hegarty. Join me then. We'll look ahead to the weekend. Oh, I forgot to ask Shug if he's got his tickets to go to the uh, Edinburgh Derby. Uh, Andy and uh, <laughs> up next. Love music. Live sport. Talking football. With Bill Young and Jerry McCabe on Rock Sport Radio.